Welcome to the Save Room Reviews! My name is Kevin. And my name is Daniel. What the hell is going on, Winters? (laughs) (laughs) Ethan Winters. I like you. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Heisenberg. I can see why Mother Miranda thinks so highly of you. (laughs) Were you like his stand-in for the voice role? Uh, yes. I was actually, I did all the mocap for it. Um, oh. didn't get paid for it. I was just happy to be there. Mm. And Capcom said it'd be good for the exposure. I'm not in the credits, so I'm confused by that statement. <laughs> <laughs> Today, of course, we are reviewing Resident Evil Village, the eighth mainline title in the Resident Evil franchise slash biohazard, depending on your region. Hello mm. to our Japanese friends. Yeah. Hope you're doing well. But this well. episode is region locked. Oh. So... Resident Evil with a eight Ooh. Roman numeral. Over oh, an eight, yeah. is it buried in in the logo somewhere? <laughs> yeah. You gotta, you gotta yeah, get a magnifying village. glass, <laughs> basically. I've I've appreciated how Capcom has handled like the stylization of mm. that in in the I guess seven eight titles with yeah from seven to eight. Yeah. I wonder wonder what nine's gonna be right. <laughs> like what like what word has an X that would like make sense? An I X Resident Evil fixer upper. <laughs> <laughs> Go back to the Baker Estate and rebuild it. (laughs) That'd be great. So, yes, this game apparently was in production for about three and a half years. Resident Evil 7 hadn't released by the time that they began production on this game. So they made a few changes based off of that. Originally, they had the idea of they wanted to go back to the hard roots horror that Seven was doing because they thought that that was a good direction. But their other design goal, and it's very prevalent, was to make a huge homage to Resident Evil 4, mm. uh, and particularly the village portions that were present in that game inspired the rest of this. And, like, its DNA is all over the fucking place in this game. Mm. In a lot of exciting ways. I, I like seeing Resident Evil 4, which is basically, a, I would say, a campier, more action-focused pivot for the series, juxtaposed against the really kind of, like, grimier style of Part 7. So mm. it was cool seeing that. Uh, but yeah, very... I'm up on this game, right? Like, I, I really like this game, and it seems like it's doing really well. Three million. Three million units are already out the door. That's crazy. within a week. I wonder if it's going to outsell Monster Hunter World as the highest-selling Capcom game. No, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> I, definitely not. I think the day that it came out, which was... What day was it? Was it May... It was May 7th. May 7th. A Friday. I took the day off from work as Tradition when Mm. a new Resident Evil comes out. So on May 7th, it actually had the highest concurrency on Steam of like any Resident Evil game ever. No shit. Which is pretty crazy, yeah. Mm. It was like Mm. in the 300,000 or so. Um, It's got a fucking 10 out of 10 on Steam, by the way. Yeah. Like, people really enjoy this game. It's interesting seeing like the water cooler conversation on Twitter about it because like when Seven came out in 2017, I think it was a game that like maybe diehard Resident Evil fans, people like you and I, really loved. But mm-hmm. I didn't hear it get talked about 
across the board like on twitter like that quite like this game is and like it's interesting to see people like clinging to certain aspects of it obviously ahead of the game everybody just wanted to talk about big mommy milkers of lady d yes stepped on and all can, that can so, we actually like put put it out there so is it lady demistricule no mistricule lady dimitri so like yeah. Capcom insists that you don't pronounce the uh, the Q or whatever at the end of the word, Mm-mm. whereas I've been told by multiple people you're supposed to. Okay, like they come into my chats, fucking like phonically spelling it out for me, and I still like fuck it up. I'm European like, linguists, Demi Trasco, Demistric. Yeah, it's Lady D for the rest of this podcast sake. Thank yeah, you. exactly. Yeah. You know who we mean? The nine foot six. Oh wait, what is it? The nine foot six, six inches vampire mommy. But so that was a lot of like the initial like kind of Twitter hype around it. But then after the fact, I, I don't know, people who like I don't see as normally being in a horror, really taking to it, picking apart aspects of the character work and like some of the themes. And I think it's really cool to see like mm-hmm. um, Resident Evil kind of hitting with so many people because like for the longest time, much like horror is in a lot of mediums, it's kind of like a niche thing. Like, it's, Yeah, it's, totally <laughs> agree where I think this a lot of people are more up on this game because it's more accessible to the mainstream. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was talking, I, I pitched this to you and I was like, I need to save this fucking thought for the podcast, which mm-hmm. is... I forget how much of a blocker horror content is for people. Mm-hmm. Like, I t- I've, I've met many people, people that come into our streams, despite the fact that we're always rolling in Resident Evil or some grimy bullshit, mm-hmm. right? And tell me, going like, yeah, I don't really like horror, or like, it's just too much for me, mm-hmm. is like a very consistent comment. Which is totally, totally fine. This game is more action-y, of course. If it, It's using the DNA of RE4, so by default, there's more action. Another factor is a lot of the game is in, well, stark daylight. Not to say it's not a scary game still, mm-hmm. and in fact it does throw you into the narrow corridors and darkened factories and shit, like, mm-hmm. you know, in different parts of the game. But I think this game is easier for people to stomach if you're not, like, into that hard-ass horror. Because, like, seven, the first, like, 20 minutes, dude, goes places where I can see somebody putting down the controller and going, like, no, 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 I'll watch this on YouTube, I can't play this. Yeah, seven is a very visceral, like, first-person, scary horror game, I think, especially with how yeah. it puts you in, in the seat of the <laughs> horror. Uh, and this game plays a lot of horrors, like, out in the open, which is cool. I like to see mm-hmm. how it plays, like, with, you know, certain scares in broad daylight or in some of these other kind of textured environments that, that obviously, like, you know, it, you're in a dungeon, so you're going to get, like, dungeon scares, right? Yeah. Like, a monster's going to jump out. And that stuff feels, like, you know, kind of cool. But I just, I like to see the way they're experimenting with with their scares and, and things here. I'll even say, too, with with horror recently, I think in the last, like, four or five years, especially yeah. with, like, Twitch, right? A lot of people go on there to watch, like, their favorite streamers play horror games because they don't want to do it themselves. And I think on the kind of flip side, a lot of streamers who maybe don't stream horror are streaming this game because it's, like, I don't know, it's exciting to see them react with their community and, like, see, like, how that all kind of plays out. Well, so. it's also, like, if you're not, like, super into horror but, like, still want to see these stories mm. it's like having a friend in the room mm. to like you know make it a little less scary yeah. for yourself so like if somebody's like that you really follow and like enjoy streaming it that's like a big factor i realized and i was like oh because like half of my brain was like well how's this any different like if you go to youtube to watch the entirety of like resident evil 7 how's it any different than watching horror movies True. and i was like oh because you have that grounding factor that safety net of like a buddy going like oh my god can't believe lady d stepped on me like that oh be sure to like that bell <laughs> or whatever the fuck yeah the streamers do <laughs> can't believe she motorboated me to death holy shit almighty her claws got my well, that's spoilers actually speaking of so should we should we talk about like just our high level for it before we fucking go 
deep into this yeah it, in standard format as the reviews episodes go this will be a kind of like mm-hmm. spoiler bloodbath uh, i think a lot of people who are listening at this point have probably already played through the game uh and cool you should go play it it's yes it's awesome but yeah we'll do our high level stuff and then we'll we'll spoil it so okay oh but first hmm. We are The Save Room, my friends. Be sure to check us out on SoundCloud.com slash The Save Room or, or hmm. Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Horizon Zero Dawn. I, I wish there was another one that I could say. <laughs> I wish, like, it feels like more even in that sentence. Yeah. Can we just, like, throw our podcast somewhere? Find us on an old radio in, in the middle of a European village. Wait, that's not a streaming service. No, that's just no. just a place you can find us. But it is a place you can find us. Yeah. There we go. That's bench depth, baby. My ask for this episode is that yes. to, to the day, our Resident Evil 7 review is our highest viewed, listened to piece of content we have mm-hmm. as the save room. Let's get this one up there. Let's double the numbers on I this. think because people really like the save room theme from that game, yeah. and they think that's what they're listening to mm-hmm. on loop for about two hours. Not two boys mm-hmm. going, oh my god, Lady D. <laughs> <laughs> so... But yes, I that, that is the famous episode. Mm-hmm. We need twice as many plays in this one, or they're going to shut us down. Mm-hmm. Capcom says, we're not funding this. And I was like, yeah, you're not funding yeah. this. Well, well, we still have a majority stake in this. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know how. If we don't at least get 12,000 <laughs> plays on this episode, Peter Fabiano is going to kick our door down and break my laptop in half. Oh, uh, dude, wasn't yeah. he one of the sewer gators? He was. Chomp, chomp. We don't want to get him Fabiano's. <laughs> Which one was he? Uh, he was Pete. He was Pete. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not Makes kidding. Sense. He was Pete. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah okay cool so i want to hear from you Mm -hmm. my friend how did you like village and the second question Mm -hmm. that we i think we can answer before spoilers is do you like it more than seven how do i like it do i like it more than seven cool keep me in check on that if i forget yeah yeah. one and two five minutes or so how how did i like resident evil village um i thought it was a, a great ride i thought it's one of those games where it has a momentum where i think at first i was like okay cool this is this is fun some of the stuff they're setting up but I think a lot of it like stuck with me more and more as it went along, and I became like more gripped by what was going on and and kind of the story it was trying to to tell. Um, I think seven definitely struck with me in a lot more resonating ways, especially with the tour. I don't think this game is scary at all, and I think mileage may vary with people with what's scary to them, right? Like I think people could be like, oh my god, there's so many parts that just like I jumped, and it's like no, nothing about this game was scary to me. Because I felt powerful the entire time. And I think Seven also does its scares in a bit more measured, terrifying ways. Um, but this one, you know, I think it's a perfect extension of what they set up in 2017 with Ethan Winter's story. And just kind of seeing where all that goes and ends up. It's, it's kind of a fascinating ball of wax to see it kind of go on. But I think the, the wow moments in this game didn't strike me in the same way that Seven did, right? Like the first 30 minutes of Seven... You stumble into a Texas Chainsaw Massacre home. You're looking for your wife. You you see your wife, like, grudge crawl up a staircase in an Evil Dead-type scene. She cuts off your hand. An old dude cuts off your leg. Like, it's... <laughs> he, he, there's a scene where he rips the roof off of a car, Jack a Baker. Lot. So, like, there's a lot. Like, it fucking ramps up. And I think this game, like, tries to do a lot of the same things, but it, like, it's pale in, in, in comparison, I think. Um, I do really love the location. I'll, I'll give it like the village is a fucking fantastic like Metroidvania area to play in. I really liked it because some of the 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 areas it's broken into, like the four other set pieces, I thought were cool, but nothing near as impressive as the as the village as a whole was for me. Um, and I think 
where a lot of like people will probably be like high on it like in terms of some of the character work i'm opposite i don't think a lot of the character work worked for me in terms of like the four lords i like their set pieces a lot um and i like the overall story with them but i think i maybe it's because like we didn't get as much time with them as we could have or maybe some characters lady d were overhyped ahead of it right that it just kind of like i was like all right i'm not really like super wowed by some of these performances like like heisenberg right Ethan Winters. Right. But I think this game does what Seven does in a, in a very interesting way, where these games very much play homage to, like, horror classics, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we think about Seven being, like, you always say, like, this gothic horror, American gothic horror, that's, like, in the vein of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And then to see, like, the sort of, like, pockets that this this game takes influence from is, is cool, you know? Um, and I'll, I'll let you speak to that more, because I think you, you were really high on the fact of, like, the four monster tent poles of this this game. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I think that I like stuff it. is really, really cool to mm-hmm. be like, oh, you know, Resident Evil, sure, it's this kind of a mismatch of things, but, like, this comes from a team of people who are really inspired by horror as a whole. It's super, super pervasive in it. Um, I, I liked it. I thought it was a lot of fun. I think where you end up is almost kind of where you started. And like, by the time you piece everything together of the main story, like it kind of makes sense, mm-hmm. but I just th- wish there were some more, some moments we got to like kind of breathe with a bit more. And yeah, I, um, I just wasn't scared. I didn't like a lot of the enemies either. The enemy types, I'm sorry, fighting werewolves in jorts didn't really, like, strike me. <laughs> the, hunky, the hunky the werewolf man in jorts was my favorite part. <laughs> um, they, like, I love that, like, a virus could make you so ripped. Right? <laughs> right? Like, that. I, give me the werewolf virus, dude. Mm-hmm. I want abs. <laughs> give me that cadeau. Just put it right in my fucking chest. Yeah, dude. God damn. But I think that the most impressive thing, right, is at this point, like, we've almost gotten a Resident Evil year from, like, 2017 to now, right? Like, oh, there's no stopping it. Like, we've, we've gotten four, like almost one a year at this point and yeah. it's cool to see the cumulative ball that each game is entry to entry and kind of like everything that was seeded from seven remake two three that got us here and kind of like all like the quality of life stuff the mechanics like right. the, the, the map system and it's just like it all fucking like gels and it's it's really cool to see like how we got to this point and i kind of want to see what like village is going to influence in turn now like i i have like kind of a like a lot of negative like takes on it i think um i think it's a great game but i think for like every good thing i i could say like i have one thing i just kind of like mm. kind of like dislike but um overall i liked it i i definitely prefer seven i think seven is a far superior horror game actually a far superior resident evil game sure Ooh. it has the pacing problems but like it's such a tight experience especially with how it plays with its locations and kind of how the the story unfolds um and i just i liked it i thought it was a really cool take on like the first person horror genre and I think this game is a first, like a great take on first person action horror, right? Like, um, but I think seven as a whole is like a more reeled in tight experience for me. So, mm-hmm. but what are your thoughts on it? I know you're you're super like hot up on it. Like you you can't stop playing it. You're trying to get the platinum can't right fucking now. Stop, man. Yeah. What <laughs> what playthrough are you on right now? Like number five? Uh, it's the fourth one. Yeah. Yeah, because I did normal and then hardcore and then I did uh, Valley of Shadow where I fucking or sorry Village, Village of Shadows Shadow, yeah. where I stacked the three hour on. A trophy the speedrun trophy getting it uh, beaten under three hours my final time was two hours and 39 minutes nice you beat me by two minutes yeah biggest recommendation is mm-hmm. steak magnum if you mm-hmm. rock anything else it's gonna hurt <laughs> uh okay i have the infinite <coughs> grenade launcher so that that might help a little bit yeah it it helps a bit um the steak magnum fully fully upgraded is uh devastating mm-hmm. it's like it's so expensive it's like though. four grenade yeah it's 2.1 million lay sir <laughs> i had to I had to scrounge, okay? I had to hunt fish. I had to hunt deer. I had to 
I had to hunt bird cages at a certain <laughs> point. Golden bird cages. They have some good goods in there. Mm-hmm. Jewelry, usually. Like little fucking... It's not topaz in this game, but it's like similar to topaz. Yeah, it's it's versions of crystal, gems rubies, and shit, gems whatnot. And shit. <laughs> this is besides the point, yeah. but I, I will answer in the reverse. I still like Resident Evil Seven more mm-hmm. because it's a leaner, meaner beast, mm-hmm. and I also think it is an important title because it's the it's a title that brought us back home. Mm-hmm. It's a title that brought the franchise as a whole back to grounded horror and built up from there. And went back to the roots and said, what are the mechanics that really work? You know, which is like the survival horror aspects of item management, dark corridors, exploration, uh, and puzzle solving. Like, just made it work in Mm -hmm. a modern context by saying, let's just look at stuff like Evil Dead and Texas Chainsaw Massacre Mm -hmm. and combine it into something that is one of the best representations of Southern Gothic I've ever seen in a video game. Yeah, I couldn't believe half the stuff that I was playing in 7, and I'm just like, this is wacky and out there, but then, like, peeling it back and, like, looking at the influences, like, no, this all makes sense. Yeah, (laughs) it's like, you said it, The this is my favorite statement about Part 7. You said this the other day, which Uh is, it's 92% of a perfect game. Mm -hmm. And that 8% is, like, either take it or leave it, but it's not enough to, like ignore the fact that that game is it's an a it's an a (laughs) yeah i think the things that weigh it down for me are like the pacing and then the kind of second act to third act villain that gets boat part where i'm just like "Eh." fucking boat part but that said i'm really up on on village Mm -hmm. i think it's an absolutely great game and i love the fact that it is a juxtaposition of the more grounded horror from part seven against classic like universal movie monster inspiration right Mm -hmm. you know we have like uh images of dracula in there Mm -hmm. we got werewolves uh you know we got mermen and shit like that it's really cool we got we got like yeah a a frankenstein thing it's really really cool and i like i like seeing resident evil's version of that like how do we do our bent i don't think it's always successful and then i also think my Biggest criticism of the game is also like a backhanded compliment, which is I wanted more of it. Mm-hmm. And that, it's not saying it's a short game, but I think in the holistically, I really enjoy it, but it's individual parts. Say, for instance, Lady, Lady D's castle. I wanted more of that. Mm-hmm. I wanted more characterization from these villains to give me a reason to be like, oh, shit, this is why they're scary. This is how they matter to the plot. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I think overall, I get the sense of like, while it's cool going through a rogues gallery, they're just in your way to the ultimate story, mm-hmm. you know? So it doesn't, it doesn't feel as cohesive as it could be. Another big thing is um, there is one villain in particular, Mother Miranda, who's built up as like the end all be all bad the big bad that there ever was, and she's in the game for, like, fucking five minutes. So that that's, like, a frustrating thing. I almost wish that she was one of the lords, too. Yeah. Instead of, like, you know, like, throw out one of them. Instead of, like, the, the pack leader of them. And yeah. it's the thing, too, like, where you hear her from the second... You hear about her from the second you step into the village, mm-hmm. and people talk about her, and you see her, like, idol tree everywhere. Because, like, there's, like, shrines of her, and people talk about her in, like, journals you find, and, like, mm-hmm. people pray to her. You come across, like, a, a house of people were praying to her so like her presence is there but like i didn't really feel her feel her as a threat at all i, I want you let's let's <laughs> put the, let's put a pin right there because i want to say something that's super spoilerific but it's one idea that i think would have like kind of fixed that for me but we're like we'll get into that in a second but i think otherwise i do i love that this is the re7 version the re7 version of action horror mm-hmm. it is on one extent, that means that the game is never really as punishing or scary as RE7 mm-hmm. when it gets to the point where it's like, I felt like I had some encounters where I got by skin of my teeth. Mm-hmm. 
in this game, I never ran out of ammo. <laughs> I never ran out of ammo, actually. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's know? one of my biggest critiques, that like yeah. they throw so much ammo at you that you feel powerful at every corner. Right. I never felt like I was in a, in a threatening situation, because I always had like a hundred like, bullets, you sure. know? <laughs> but like, to, to talk to that, though, is like, okay, well, is it a bad action game? Oh, no, mm-hmm. it isn't. It actually is a good first-person action game in a horror setting. So it's like, I think they were successful in that regard, for mm-hmm. sure. So I, I think it's... And a very successful homage to RE4. Mm-hmm. I love, like, I'm actually confused how they're going to remake RE4 now <laughs> since they pretty much already did it yeah. here. The, right? The, That's that what Euro- this feels like. That European village setting is just like, okay, you already have the assets for what 4 Remake is probably going to use pretty hard. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is, this is like a test bed for it. If there's a, even, like, a pulse for it. And mm-hmm. I think the answer is yes, Capcom. People would be very crazy about a, a more grounded horror version of RE4. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's what I want from it. Please, please don't just do a one-for-one remake. <laughs> so, but this game, yeah, I enjoy it. I think um, there's some set pieces that really, really fucking rock. I think um, I still don't really think Ethan is much of a character, but I did enjoy where the story went and how it tied into the plots that they set up mm-hmm. in RE7. I, I I, actually really enjoy how those these two games are very good companion pieces and mm-hmm. feel like natural. Like, this is a natural extension of re7 Mm -hmm. but that also might like diminish it just a little bit in my book because re7 was like we had to do something new Mm -hmm. and then re8's like we're gonna do re7 but a little different (laughs) you know so it's always gonna feel that way but i think taken together this is a fucking one of the most successful like Mm back-to-backs in resident evil history even re2 to re3 remake like did not jive as well as they could have together these two games are perfect next to each other yeah like it's like great Thank i think you. it's because they actually do try and tell ethan's story to completion and give mm-hmm. him an arc even if he is right. like this kind of nothing character who is so overreactive and over the top and like all of his exclamations and like how he interacts with the, the world and in turn how people interact with him as well yeah and they managed to surprise me too they yeah. managed to surprise me by retroactively adding something that I think makes RE7 like a little bit better lore wise. I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah, it's it's cool how this game enhances the one that mm-hmm. came before it. And it's I, crazy. Like, like playing through this game, I'm like, it makes me love seven even more. Yeah. It, I awesome. wish there was a next gen upgrade uh mm-hmm. for seven. I wish they went back and like, you know, made it run better on uh new new platforms. Yeah. It's free in the playstation hits collection on PlayStation. oh yeah so that's right that's right so you can play it on ps5 if you have that subscription yeah man go totally, back to back <laughs> totally recommend it but yeah i i had a lot of fun with the game i think the action works i think some of the enemy designs uh are a little lacking we'll mm-hmm. get into that like we'll deep dive into that in a yeah. second um but overall i think the pacing is strong and one comment that i want to make is that a lot of resident evil games even seven fall apart a little bit in the third act mm-hmm. i think this one is actually really good mm-hmm. I, I think it gets to an escalation point and has surprises and ends on such a like good note that it's mm-hmm. actually one of the more memorable endings in this franchise in my mind yeah i'll, I'll give it that in terms yeah. of like final set piece boss fight and story kind of falling action to climax right like, yeah super super satisfying mm-hmm. i think the problem with a lot of horror is like pacing right and i think two has great pacing seven has great pacing it just gets tripped up on itself in terms of level yeah. design in the ship in the third act in this game, I think the pacing gets better over time because I think some of the starting areas trip up on itself a bit more. Oh, totally agree. Totally yeah. agree. And then I know a lot of people are opposite on that where they're like, oh, I love the first two set pieces and I can take or leave the, the third and fourth, right? And mm. I get that, like the factory and then like Moreau's area. But I think the, the only thing that, that hurts it is like just the exploration of some of those areas and how it's just kind of, it's slow rolling, especially when some of the moments are so fast, like so fast, mm-hmm. so scripted. So like, 
you know, they try and do the high octane thing that seven does. Right. Yeah. And just like get you through it. Right. Yeah, exactly. But it, and like, yeah, I, I, I think that's um one thing where I would say where I prefer RE2 remake mm-hmm. in that there are those portions that are very set PC, like, mm-hmm. you know, when you fight Birkin and stuff like that. But overall, that game just gives you the keys to the car and lets you drive around. Mm-hmm. This game takes the wheel away from you too often. Yeah. And I, it makes you use it to work on a well to bring up a (laughs) get the fucking wheel (laughs) yeah and then the other part of that is that on repeat playthroughs those parts end up being boring Mm -hmm. those parts are not exciting whereas every time i go back to the rpd i am thrilled to be hunted by mr x and try to like oh fuck go after my own like objectives with like oh shit club key i need to like run outside and do this and that Mm -hmm. whereas this game is just like you're gonna be on a very set rail for this part because we wanted to like Mm-hmm. basically tell a mini movie yeah we have a separate you know? like kind of funneled experience we're trying to tell here right but on the flip side like you know i i do love that re2 moment of like opening the doors of the rpd and seeing the statue and everything yeah. right for this game that version of it is like is seeing the village in daylight for the first time and being like wow okay like when you open the the main gate and you see the maiden statue in that main courtyard i'm like okay yeah this is the location that's hitting for me and yeah. how they keep reusing it and making it feel fresh every time you go, back to it. you go back to it. Yeah. Like the RPD is really great. I think they nailed that. But mm-hmm. like, yeah, some of the like kind of pipelined experiences yeah. didn't hit. Like th- there was such a idea, I think, for Lady D's castle to be like a mini Spencer mansion or RPD. And it's just like it's a weak version of all of those. It's combined. oddly one of the weaker parts. Yeah, so that's so. that's probably one of the most disappointing things for people that were um, excited to have a boner as they mm. played this entire game. Lady D is not the main antagonist and she is in the game like she's the first lord that you get rid of. Mm. Spoilers, sorry. <laughs> it's like that's it. Like her portion's very brief and I wanted more out of that portion because I think there was the makings of a great villain there mm. and I don't think they quite landed it but in the few scenes that we got with her I was just like god damn this, this is pretty great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I want 30% more. That's all I really wanted from each of these. Give me, like, fucking, like, maybe two or three parts, or maybe, like, give me the fucking wheel back and make this a little more exploratory in the castle mm. parts instead of it being very locked in, like, invisible triggers I gotta hit, and, like, I the order of operations feels like it's so cemented mm-hmm. in there where, it, like, it could have been a little freer. But you think we can get into uh, the spoiler-a-thon? Let me I have check, a lot of thoughts. Let me check my book. Yep. Here. No, I think we're good. I think we can get into some spoilers. Okay, let me... Sorry uh, for audio listeners. Um, I have to type out the rest of my thoughts on a typewriter. <laughs> Save the first! Actually, <laughs> my, my, my first thought here is is how yeah. criminal that this game is. How criminal it is in this game that the fact that there is no distinctive save room theme. I know. Like, what the hell? What the fu- <laughs> Barely here. It's, it, it is there, yeah. but it might as well not be. Part 7 remains the king of modern save room themes. That Thank you. That fucking Gustavo Santaolo guitar I know, I'm nastiness. You, oh my dude. god, that theme's so oh good. Oh my god, that's why so. that episode's the most played. People are looking for that theme. Mm. And then they were like, oh, but I fell in love with boys. <laughs> <laughs> so spoilers. So well, here's the setup. Ow, I'm sorry. I hurt myself. <laughs> spoilers. Not my hand. No, my left hand. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Ethan, chill out. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. This game is about three years after RE7, and Ethan Winters has absconded to Eastern Europe in some fucking place, right? He's living with Mia Winters, his darling wife, and they have a child. Six-month-old Rosemary Winters. It's a good name. It's a good name. Rose is a good name. Yeah. That's a good name right there, okay? And, uh, you know, you're living the quiet life, Mm -hmm. right? Although the wife seems a little tense, but you can forgive her that. She was um, captured by a molded zombie virus bullshit for about three years. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. <laughs> so that's that that's tough. Actually, I, on the flip side, I'll say Ethan is more kind of like cautious about stuff and every time he voices out against it, like Mia's like, "Oh, you're being paranoid." He's like, "I'm not yeah. being paranoid. Like we had a nightmare happen to us 3 years ago, both of us." Right. You know, it, yeah, I like the take on his quiet like dad simulator like of like i'm gonna cradle my baby and we're gonna read village of shadows to it you, you, know? you know what i really appreciate i appreciate a resident evil game that's not afraid to open up quiet the last one that did that was re3 mm-hmm. re3 was like hey you're in jill's apartment i love that. i love that shit that was cool like explore this character for a little bit and i did i was looking around and it was so cool finding like one of the misty mr everywhere statues mm-hmm. like chilling up there and like yep. he even looks at it and goes I don't know why I kept this. Yeah. I need to get rid of this. And it is eerie. It's like, why would you... Did you really leave that fucking Baker estate stealing stealing from them? Well, I, I <laughs> like mean... that, like, there's so many things you find from RE7 in this game like that. Yeah. Or the antique coin. Um, or the fact that there's, for some reason, Louisie, Del- Delvey, Louisiana beer everywhere out That doesn't here. make sense, yeah. dog. <laughs> that doesn't got... make any fucking sense. He's Invitation a... doesn't work that way. He's got a six rack <laughs> of, of Louisiana beer in his fridge, and I'm like, how? Okay, sure. Well, first of all, here, here's Here's the mind bender. In no way would anyone in Europe prefer an American beer over their shit. Okay? That's a good point. No yeah. fucking way that they would be like, yeah, man, I love Louisiana piss water. <laughs> no way, dude. Anyway, anyway, there's a lot of, there, there's too many fucking mind-breaking things in this game mm-hmm. in my, when it comes to that. And it's usually the small things. <laughs> it, it honestly reminded me, too, of like Uncharted mm. 4, where you're walking through like Nate's attic. And you get to see yeah. like, all like kind of the past relics of his adventures, and it's I like, like it when games do that. Yeah, and it, but the thing is, like, it does that for probably like five to ten minutes, and then picks right the fuck up. Oh, that's right. And then Mia gets shot. <laughs> yeah. And not only does she get shot, she gets shot seven thousand times. She gets obliterated. It is a shocking moment. But goddamn it, who breaks down the front door? It is none other than Chris. Is that a boulder? I'm gonna fuck it up, Redfield. <laughs> He comes on it and he goes, sorry, Ethan. And he looks awesome, by yeah. the way. He's, oh, got I... his, he's got his fucking um, Liam Neeson duster on. <laughs> he looks fucking slick as hell Yo, in this dude. game. Like, the redesign from, like, yeah. not a Chris from, from no. <laughs> RE7 to this is, like, it's a glow up. Yeah, we went from not my Chris to, oh, please, I'll do anything for yeah. this Chris. <laughs> I'll bend over for this Chris. <laughs> this is a great Chris, but he did murder the shit out of your wife. So that's, like, I have questions. Yeah. Um, I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt, but I think it's the stupidest thing ever is like, you know, he doesn't just go like, oh, well, that, you know, mm-hmm. spoiler, that's not your wife. Mm-hmm. Like, you honestly could have just said that and be like, sorry. And then I love later in the game, like, Chris's own team calls him out and goes like, you should have just fucking yeah. told him, dude. It, it takes a day and a half to, to get Chris to the point where he can actually explain <laughs> to Ethan why he shot up his wife. Yeah. Like, you could have told him. But maybe he was afraid, like, that there were, like, eyes everywhere. You know, you know what's funny? He Chris has a line where you do, like, um, finally, uh, I guess, in- interrogate him or confront him about it, right? Mm-hmm. And he goes, you think I'd kill Mia? And it's like, well, yes, I saw you shoot her. <laughs> yeah, That's like- why I think you killed Mia. <laughs> it, it, it's not a question of intention, sir. It's, it's a it's question like, of what I saw. Like, I fucking saw it, and then you kidnapped me and my daughter. <laughs> I love that Resident Evil has never made, like, uh, an excuse for the fact that Chris Redfield's an idiot. <laughs> like, I love him. He's stupid. He's a dumb fucking BSA himbo. Yeah, dude. But well, anyway, not anymore, but. we get into the thrust of it. Yeah, you get um chris's fucking foxhound wolfhound uh his alpha unit hideo kojima unit no he's alpha they literally call him alpha okay the funniest so what are they called the wolfhounds or something the wolfhound 
gang. I like that. <laughs> the Bloodhound gang. I like that he has his own kind of like group of like kind yes. of tacticians with him. There's a lot of lore around that because mm-hmm. it's like we the confusion is we went from for some reason he's with an umbrella mm-hmm. at the end of part seven and then you figure out no it's blue umbrella they're like umbrella but good yeah. <laughs> you know and then it's like well they they actually he's still with the bsaa blue umbrella is not allowed to reactivate the umbrella security squad mm-hmm. as a an agreement with like the un and like governments of the world right but they still want to be an organization that cleans up umbrellas messes mm-hmm. wild to me yeah i, I want to know what the apparently it was umbrella japan it was the division that bought up the rest of, like, the resources and became this thing. Mm-hmm. And, like, I guess, like, there's some sort of fucking money mogul behind it. It's really, like, it's really interesting, oddly enough. Like, yeah. all the shit that the game doesn't tell you directly. I had to fucking, like, look upon fucking fan wikis and shit. Or read through it through 120 pages of concept art and things. Or the, the fucking Zoe report. Yeah, the Zoe report. Uh, Zoe Baker has a whole report that you can buy as DLC or you get it with the deluxe edition. It's mm. like 88 pages of her just describing literally everything that happens in 7, after 7, and the start of 8. Mm-hmm. It's kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway, Ethan <laughs> gets in a van with his baby. They are captured by Chris's group, but then that motherfucking van crashes. You end up in a snowy part of Eastern mm-hmm. Europe. In the middle of the night. His, his baby's gone, kidnapped mm-hmm. by whoever. And he's like, well, I gotta go. I gotta be the winter man. I am <laughs> I am the Ethan Winters, right? And so we get into um some, you know, the, the village proper itself. And I really like these beginning moments, although they became kind of monotonous and slow on repeat playthroughs because mm-hmm. they're so plotting. Um, but I like seeing it at night. It was actually legitimately scary. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it made me wish that the rest of the game was at nighttime, but it's not. Mm. I, I liked it. It did kind of the thing that RE7 did where you're walking up, like kind of through like the swamp to the Baker estate, kind of around the side path into the yeah. back. And it's like, it feels very like scripted and like kind of linear of like, nothing's really going to hurt me yet. Mm-mm. So, but like, I, I like the, the kind of darkness of it. I wish they played more at night in the village because it takes mm. place primarily during the day. Yeah. I think the village is so detailed beyond mm. belief that they wanted to just make sure that you could see it no matter what, like, mm. look at our work. It's at day. Right. Yeah. But um, I, I think it would have had a, a demonstrable impact on the tone of the game if it was like more at night, which would have been, would have been cool, but I get mm. why they did it. Right. RE4 was like half at day. You know? Yeah. Playing through that opening area made me wish I actually hadn't have played the, the village demo ahead right. of it. Because it's like, I wanted some of that to kind of be like a fresh experience. Like some mm-hmm. of it I knew was going to happen when it happened. And I'm like, all right, time to get on to the new new. And I, I wish I could have just seen that for the first time. Let me let me talk about that. So like in the village demo as well, you you are introduced to villagers, mm-hmm. uh, such as Elena and her father, who's obviously had a werewolf bite his belly or something <laughs> like that. And he's cantankerous and angry and she's beautiful <laughs> elena i like elena a lot i thought she was yeah. gonna be the zoe of this game i thought so too i thought that they were building up something there and obviously there's like a lot of cut content around the villagers from what i understand even the actress i was watching something where the actress nicole Tompkins, something like that mm-hmm. um she also plays one of she plays daniela uh dimitri mm, one of the sisters say for me dimi Dimitris? Dimitris, thank yeah. you. That's easier for me. Dimitris. <laughs> uh, she plays that, and she was also in RE3. I think she was Jill. Oh, really? Yeah, I think she was Jill. I, I could be wrong about that. I need to look that up. Hold on, I'm going to look that okay, up okay. while you're doing that, because I yeah. love Jill's voice actress. Yeah, so like they're talking about how they they originally were going to have more of an expanded role at the beginning parts, but they were ultimately always going to die. Mm-hmm. I 
kind of did not like how the setup was there because it feels like almost a waste of your time. Mm -hmm. Like you meet them, think that they're going to be something, and then they die five minutes later. And I do mean literally all of them die. Like a fucking, the the old man becomes a werewolf dude, starts slashing at the rest of these guys after they, oh, that's another important thing. So they give you an introduction to the idea that they all worship this mother Miranda Mm -hmm. character. And they even have a prayer for her in this small village. And you're like, okay, but their whole shock and confusion is like, Mother Miranda's always protected us up until now. And they're like confused why were men are, are crashing through with their jorts of fury and killing all of them <laughs> left and right, well, which is kind of cool. It's such a weird thing, too, because they make it seem like that happened overnight almost yeah like a lot of like the lichens turning and like the the Kadoa experimentation great i feel it's been happening in the background the entire time but they're like we don't understand what's happening to our village and it's like well shit like well how how, how not right yeah. like you've so these lords have been around for a long time yeah they're this like, is their town decades right yeah. and like, you were right by the way it was nicole tompkins she was jill yeah and then you have her as cameos Elena and not like do something with <laughs> her dude. Come on, man. Anyway, anyway, God, but um, I wish I wish that was an element where you could have fixed it for me a little bit. Where mm-hmm. maybe you're helping out these NPCs like throughout the game. Like obviously kill them off because it's Resident Evil at a certain point. But maybe don't kill them off four minutes after I meet a whole crowd of people. Yeah, I literally lost all investment in those people. Yeah. And I know, like, oh, well, I mean, I already knew it from the demo. I was like, all these people <laughs> die. So like, okay. But the thing is, like, I feel like, like you said, there was more of an idea to, like, kind of play up these people's, these characters' roles. Yeah. And wasn't there idea, the idea, too, that you were supposed to do, like, side quests for villagers and stuff? Yeah, there there was something like that I heard in development, but it's all hearsay because it's mm-hmm. not in the game now. Sure. But I, like, but you can, that's what I'm saying, though. You can obviously see where it's like, man, this could have been a recurring thing for Ethan, and it honestly would have up the emotional stakes for me because it's not just about like i'm looking for my daughter it's about the fact that these people are besieged this is all new this is crazy what's happening and it would feel like a big escalation factor over one versus two right sure but and again forgive me audiences i will always refer to resident evil 7 as part one versus this being part two because that's what these games feel like they're Mm -hmm. so like unique unto themselves um but yeah yeah i i just wish there was a little bit more there again my that's going to be a recurring comment i'm going to make in this podcast i wish there was more here Mm -hmm. (laughs) which i realize is kind of a compliment well the thing is like it it already does so much Mm -hmm. i think this game like juggles a lot of simultaneous elements and and feels and mechanics and design choices yeah a lot of it does work uh, but like there are things that like yeah i definitely wanted more of i don't know that i wanted more of the village people i'm not gonna lie like (laughs) sure i always want more of the village people (laughs) (laughs) i think there could have been a cool inciting incident like we've talked about off yeah. stream or off um off mic whatever off whatever we're always on mic yeah <laughs> that like there could have been an inciting incident that one of these village people kind of make you go off to the castle for, right right versus how it happened I think if you had the the grounding of these village people that you had to keep coming back to it would take away from like some of the elements and pacing of the story uh-huh. and I actually like the way it decided to do what it did in, in terms of exploration where it's like instead of doing side quests like you have optional areas sure. and things you can find that like other resident evils don't do I, i'm just saying like it yeah. wasn't too much more because like you return to the village like more than once a lot and i'm like i would love to have seen where it's like i come back like oh i got medicine from the castle and 
oh, what happened? His head is gone? Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is rough. You and know, like... Then you have to fight one of them that, that maybe turned. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, just a little more connective tissue sure. there. But yeah, I agree. you get into the village proper, and it's really cool. It's really well designed, and mm-hmm. I, I am not afraid to say this, Daniel. I'm not afraid. Say it. This is the best-looking Resident Evil of all time. Oh, hands down. It yeah. is beautiful. We both played on PS5. Gorgeous mm-hmm. fucking game. It actually might be one of the best-looking games I've ever seen. Like, some of the, like, the textures and environmental shit is just so so amazing and Lying i like that there's crazy. a there's a photo mode for this game too yeah although it's not the best photo mode in the world because it's like pivots around the fact that we capcom never wants to give ethan a face sure, so sure. he can't be in your photos apparently i'll i'll say to what you just kind of previously said about the lighting huh. it took some adjusting to get it right because at first the game was too oh. dark oh okay yeah. so this is actually um this is going to be a personalized message to capcom sure. uh within this uh saving podcast we say this out of love But there's something about your brightness settings across the RE engine Resident Evils that makes me want to punch my TV Mm -hmm. until I bleed and the demon is destroyed. Mm -hmm. You need to stop. I don't need three discrete fucking pages for lighting. Like, all it does is have me sit. Like, I was literally, when I was streaming this game, there's 25 minutes of footage of me fucking flipping across the streams. And then going back into the game and saying, did I make it right? Ah, still too washed out. Mm-hmm. And then going back in. we, I finally figured it out. I figured out sure. the right settings for my TV. Took a lot of trial and error. But god damn it, guys. I don't want any more of this. Every time I turn on a new Resident Evil game and I see those fucking sliders, I get immediately mad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't do this to me. Stop it. Doesn't happen for Monster Hunter. No, it doesn't. It doesn't it, happen for literally any other game they make. Yeah, you don't have to worry about those at all. I'll, I'll say their, their engine might reach for the moon, but their idea of lighting <laughs> is a reach. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's a letter to John Capcom. <laughs> there, there's a reference to the, the reach for the moon engine uh, towards the end of the game, which I thought was really funny. I know. That was really cute, because yeah. apparently that boggled people's minds. They were like, I thought it was Resident Evil engine. Mm-hmm. And they are like, nah, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> it's whatever we want. And then it's like, why would it be Resident Evil engine? Mm-hmm. They prefer calling it biohazard in Japan. Exactly, yeah. doesn't translate. Yeah, none of it. None of it. But there, there's a, a scene in the very end of the game where there's a book being read out loud, and they say, oh, look at him reaching for the moon. God damn. Yeah. God damn. <laughs> so. I I, oh, I actually didn't think that's what you're referencing. I thought you were talking about Rose's shoe, which oh, was like sure that too. Yeah, yeah like a like a the, hand and a moon icon thing, which is really cool. But anyway. you get into it, and the in this game it is split up as we've said into four quadrants because mm-hmm. the design theory behind that was they wanted to give you like a theme park of horror mm-hmm. essentially. So that you end up Little with these quadrants. Houses. Yeah. So you ended up, you meet all of the Lords, the Lords of Cinder, the Lords of the village, right? <laughs> Which is Lady D Heisenberg, uh, Donna Beneviento. Mm-hmm. And of course, who the fuck Moreau? Anyway, Moreau. why did I like, yeah. there was no lead up to him. Why yeah. was he the last one? He's, I forgot him. That was a problem, <laughs> but you meet all of them. Huge chase sequence. That's also super scripted, by the way, where all the lichens are following you mm-hmm. and Heisenberg's like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love American ground beef as like big grinders coming at you. Yeah. My, you are strong. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really ridiculous. Game has a lot of puns. Fucking hate that Nick, <laughs> Nick Cage over the topness with that dude. I'm sorry. Like it, it's, it's everything everything in the game is fine except for this 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 tone that they went with heisenberg fucking magneto yeah i i can't quite pinpoint his regional dialect that's all over the place that's just a fucking like american cuisine of languages (laughs) you know it's like what but i I think that's my critique about all the lords too like where they're Mm. all kind of just like these weird 
horror caricatures. caricatures. Yeah. yeah. Like, Lady D works, I think, the most in terms of her characterization. I agree. And the rest are just kind of like, all right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I kind of liked um, Angie the doll. Like, because it was just, like, freaky seeing it move. They mm. actually got, like, a grown woman to, like, mocap it. But, like, the way she moved is just so eerie. Like, skittering. And, like, skittering. Very, like, That's like, the perfect word. Like, loose limbs. Kind of like a puppet. <laughs> it was know? so weird. I was just like, <laughs> Like, the moment I saw it. So, like, some of it works, some of it doesn't, right? Mm. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, the first place you end up is in the castle. Mm. Actually, let me ask you this. Let's, let's get high level. Sure. What was your favorite quadrant? Oh, man. That's tough. Because, again, like, I, th- for every area, I really like aspects, and then there's, like, a few things I don't like about it. Um, I like the second house, Lady uh, Benevito's, where you go there and you're hallucinating, and the, the, main, the main gameplay mechanic of that is, like, a, a puzzle mechanic that feels like it was lifted from Seven, like a puzzle room, and I really like that. I thought the Kind of like the videotape uh, yeah, puzzles, right? it reminded me of Lucas's, like, happy birthday segment, where you're kind of stuck in a room, and you have to, like, puzzle solve your way out, and I yeah. really, really like that. It plays into one of my favorite parts of the game, because I think the puzzles are, are kind of great across the board, mm-hmm. which I couldn't say about three. There was one puzzle in that game, and it sucked, <laughs> you know? <laughs> what was the one puzzle? I already forgot. What The one puzzle was... It wasn't the tr- the train thing, was it? Because that puzzle. Yeah, sucked. no, that was it. That, that was, was it. That was the one puzzle on Resident Evil Three. Oh, that was garbage. Yeah, oh, you got to realign the train tracks. <laughs> yeah, um, but, save, save your time and just like literally look up the answer. But I, I like that as like a kind of like a first person immersive, strip away your your powers horror segment. That I don't know. It really worked for me. And then I think maybe the factory as a as a setting. I didn't always love hmm. what was happening in it, but I love the idea of like this being like heisenberg's kind of like playground and like workshop of like nasty creations and things and i thought that was cool but again there's aspects of it i didn't really like so i would say yeah lady donna's house lady donna's house probably what about you oh man you know i yeah i'm gonna go with my heart here i think it is it is lady d's castle Mm -hmm. because one i just think her and her beautiful goth daughters are just amazing villains for this series mm-hmm. like they're not your typical villains for these series usually it's a, a matrix man that can um, dodge bullets or everything turns into a squid monster yeah, yeah <laughs> like that sure. those are the two degrees of resident evil villains right um but this game was like no there's this is this is different this is a different thing mm-hmm. and then she becomes a dragon which is really cool yeah i kind of uh, wanted more of that <laughs> setting i think if we got more time there yeah as like a first setting it would have landed harder for me I've, I would almost argue, like, if you can go back, I would be like, I would cut out probably one of these sections or reduce, like, maybe Moreau's section a bit more. Yeah, I just cut that out entirely. Yeah, maybe cut it out. I Like, you know, I don't hate Moreau's section yeah. out there in the little uh, village, like, the fishing hamlet, mm-hmm. but um, it's it, it just doesn't, like, stand out, right? I don't think he's that great of a villain. Mm-hmm. Um, although it is pretty funny when he becomes a giant, like free willy fish monster right mm-hmm. and is doing tricks over you as you're trying to like <laughs> uh run on top of these like um like planks to like get power going to these windmills see no you yeah. know the more i think about it i actually do like his segment i do yeah. i like it like it's, it's fine enough but it's not super stand it's over quick enough is the thing i because i yeah. feel like like that and lady uh donna's house like those areas are just like they're kind of brisk and you're like oh okay well that was cool on to the yeah. next thing i guess so that's why i like lady d <laughs> and then also i actually ended up I love the fact that you have to fight each of her daughters, and let me talk about the daughters for a second. Sure. The hot, hot daughters, I, Bella, Cassandra, and Daniela. So there's <laughs> this um, kind of ground rule for Resident Evil as a franchise, which is 
no matter what kind of monster or inspiration we take from horror, mm-hmm. we're always going to find some sort of far-fetched but scientific reasoning for why this creature is here. Sure. So it's never going to be demons from hell, mm-hmm. and it's never going to be ghosts. Mm-hmm. And I've always respected that about yeah. Resident Evil. Nothing cosmic, yeah. nothing weird, grounded. Right. If like Resident Evil ever tried to be supernatural, I'd be like, fuck you. <laughs> like, I'd immediately be like, fuck this. Like, don't do that. And then we thought that's what Seven was doing, remember? Mm-hmm. And that's why I, I love, even though, even if it's far-fetched, I, le- I love that they still try to be like, no, man, she can just control brain waves <laughs> like i love that yeah. shit right like that's great but um yeah so with the daughters they're actually not people mm. they are they were people matt they were yeah those people are dead yeah but these are not the consciousness of these people it's actually masses of bugs imitating people mm-hmm. like a sexy mimic <laughs> it's really weird bunch of, bunch of what are they like bot flies i think like some sort of fly they're that's... very close to bot flies yeah and it's disgusting but um <laughs> it's, but... they're cool they're so their weakness by the way is not sunlight it's frigid temperatures mm-hmm. How unfortunate that they live in Eastern Europe, yeah, by the way. All these windows. Right. So that's how you end up like fighting them. You, Ethan shoots through windows. And um, I'm surprised he didn't look at a window and go, what is that? <laughs> but he what, fucking, the, what the hell is this? The fuck? <laughs> Something, it's like a door I could see through? What the fuck is going on here? <laughs> <laughs> Ethan's so stupid. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I take back me calling Chris stupid. At least my, my, my dude has machinations. Yeah. Ethan has nothing but questions. <laughs> He's got dumb questions and... I think he deserves all the abuse that the game throws at him for being so stupid. That'd be his defining trait is hand abuse, which yeah. is a very confusing thing to say, but it makes sense in the course of the game. They hate his hands in this game. He loses his, his fingers from a fucking werewolf bite, like fucking Immediately. 14 minutes into the And then the he title. gets hooks in his hands, and then he gets his hand cut off, and then he he stops. He, he puts his all hands right. up to stop. When Lady D <laughs> cuts off his hand, that was like the biggest like, oh shit yeah. moment for me in this entire game. Mm-hmm. The second best jump scare is when there is a number puzzle written on a window. Yeah. And it's a perspective puzzle where you yeah. got to look outside because there's a number on the shed. There's a number in the window. Yeah. And when you finally put it together, a werewolf jumps out and goes, <laughs> and it's like, oh, fuck you, Resident Evil. It's they, a good scare, though. It's a good scare. They kind of telephone it in a little bit with the picture that you pick up and then you turn it around it says look out the window yeah and, and i'm like about all that. right they're gonna probably do something but it was still like it got me <laughs> i didn't find thing. that picture at first because yeah. i was just like why are there why is there a number in the window <laughs> it was cool though to, to go back to it like the daughters yeah. i think um i'm hit like it's kind of hit or miss for me i like the, hmm. the 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 mechanic and how they introduce how you're supposed to take them down like the first fight in the in the kitchen where the window breaks and you're like oh that's what i have to do and then every fight after kind of plays around that idea mm-hmm. right my thing is like you get no less than four characters chasing you through this this castle at a point and it's really annoying like i I don't enjoy being chased by the the sisters on top of being chased by lady d it's it's a bit much and it gets in the way a lot um Mm -hmm. i think i would have preferred to have the sisters in these like kind of contained areas and they they do get to that point in areas where it's like okay cool i'm in the um the library and like obviously they're gonna show up here um but like i don't like being chased throughout the entire castle i wish like the the areas that Lady D chased me through felt tighter, and then like these areas with the sisters were just kind of cordoned off. Yeah, the the uh, chase segments in the castle, like the castle's like too small for yeah. those kind of chases. Yeah, granted, there's a courtyard, but it's just like it just feels like too confined. And like, yeah, I didn't like her. It's didn't hard like her. because no, 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 no. 
Water, <laughs> she's great. She's got the mm, she's got the chaps. <laughs> but like you have seven, two, and three remake that do these pursuer type characters really well, and I feel like Lady D was just kind of like the weakest of all of them. Where it's like mm. I just I didn't feel that I didn't feel tense when she show, showed up. Like I didn't feel like these moments like really like kind of like struck with me like in the way that like you know Jack did when he burst through the wall or like fucking Mister X when you're trying to do a puzzle and he fucking clotheslines you. Like I thought that was like just well more like way better scripted and and done. I agree. Yeah. I I think um it, it was definitely them trying to follow that model, but like you don't get enough of the castle for it to work and the areas that it happens it's just not big enough for mm-hmm. it to be like interesting yeah. chase, right? Um and then it's it's super obvious that there's like invisible thresholds for when they stop chasing you mm-hmm. and especially like on repeat playthroughs it's just like i'm going down the ladder oh wow she's not following me even mm-hmm. though she's like i'm gonna tear out your throat and it's like well where are you i'm yeah. at the bottom of these stairs where, where are you honey yeah. where'd, where'd you go <laughs> yeah so it gets silly here and there but um i i, I did appreciate the idea behind the sisters like i said 30 percent more mm-hmm. and it would have been just a little bit better but it's, it's like this game was managing so much that mm-hmm. was probably one of the drawbacks sure. you you can't give enough like uh gas to any it, one area it's one of those things where had they known the hype that people would have had for the lady d and the, and the sisters <laughs> ahead of everything like they probably would have spent more time like fleshing out that stuff and maybe she, they'll maybe they'll do dlc centered around them for oh how popular, that's a hope right that's a ho- actually remind me on that one too because i want to talk about like what i think dlc should be yeah, for this game later sure. but um but yeah you get to the castle and i actually think you have a very cool like um you know escalation fight with her after you kill her daughters and mm-hmm. i guess that pisses her off it's it's kind of like cool to see her and hear her kind of like cry out for her daughters like throughout the castle mm-hmm. as you kill them and she gets like enraged and you can see her crying and it's like this whole thing and it's <laughs> It's there's this kind of the living feel of like the fact that like these are her daughters. She loves them. She right. like she's no longer obsessed with like the the original mission anymore. She just wants to kill Ethan. And I think like yep. her her motives at that point get very strong. Um and I, I like that. I also too like I like um I like a lot of the puzzles in in the castle. Too. I do too. The like, statue puzzles really neat. Um, the standard swap out puzzle where you have the pressure weight and you have to take like yeah. the, uh, the antler head. What what kind of animal is that? Uh, (laughs) what's an antler having animal i guess reindeer you take the reindeer skull and you put it on the (laughs) the pedestal even capcom was like it's an animal skull like in the inventory it's called an animal skull and i'm like you fuckers Mm. you know what this is or the piano puzzle where like you have to i love the piano puzzle the fact that i can read music i was like oh i know how to do this puzzle honestly that that the the castle feels like resident evil's greatest hits yeah right like everything is reminiscent of an older really great puzzle and it tries to do the chase sequences and stuff and it's like you could have spread more of this love around the game mm-hmm. but it feels like the most distinctly resident evil while still being really new because we've never gotten like a pristine royal castle we've always gotten some piece of shit nowhere mm-hmm. like this is a rundown station or some fucking dusty mansion or some shit like yeah. it was a cool environment that's why i wanted more of it of course but my second favorite area is donna's area mm-hmm. and i think it's um even though it goes against like the action horror that they set up with the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. I like that it's like the tastemakers Resident Evil game where mm-hmm. it's like, hey, we want to flex in different directions. And we knew that we probably could never get away with a Resident Evil game where you're completely defenseless. That's not Resident Evil at its core. But we still wanted to give you a sequence to show you what it's like. Yeah. And I think they're very successful. A lot of people are very hot up on it on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Every time they talk about the game, they all go, like, I see the same phrase, that one part. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I know what part you're talking about. Yeah, because <laughs> it's atmospheric, it's creepy, you you see the sign for what it is initially, and you're like, that can't be right. And mm-hmm. then you stumble into 
like a giant fucking like baby <laughs> this your baby yeah, apparently that's supposed monstrous to be rose baby calling out for you it's so it's it's gross and it's terrifying <laughs> that's like probably one of yeah. the more interesting like models that this game has in it that yeah baby. <laughs> it's just weird because it's not even like um uh out that outlandish but mm. it's just like a giant weird flesh baby yeah. that's enough man it reminds me i know you probably <laughs> never saw rugrats but uh what did you did you watch Rugrats growing up? Yeah. I don't know. You don't like like Disney. Nickelodeon. I had a Tommy doll. Okay. Well, now I know. I yeah. That's where your love for pickles started. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Tommy but, pickles. Man. But there, there's an episode where where Angelica is like her parents are talking about having a kid, right? And she has like these these nightmares about like a giant baby chasing her. <laughs> and like that's all I could think about during that segment is like this giant baby coming after me. I want I want one of our um some somebody who's listening to this, can you please edit like the Rugrats theme when this thing's chasing Ethan? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, what the hell is that? <laughs> but I like that part because there's a little bit of investigation and exploration mm-hmm. of like, oh, for some fucking reason, there is like a mannequin of your wife on mm-hmm. a table and every part of it like opens up the secret compartments with like a key so or good. like it's it's cool like it's or just like one of those strip and what i love about it is um resident evil has done things like this before but there's a logic in the sense that donna has the power to make you fucking hallucinate strong mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and so it is wild and weird like it, it allows them to dive into supernatural horror without like yeah. jumping the shark to it it's, which is cool it's one of the areas like if you don't know that aspect of it or if they hadn't thought about it we're like oh we're gonna make him hallucinate it would have felt really far-fetched yeah but like the the path of you getting there going through the valley of the mist going across the bridge and being like this is kind of like a this is gonna be a secluded weird area and then when you see mia like walking and you're like am i am i actually seeing Mia right now (laughs) yeah and the thing is like you get there and like the doll wants to play with you the doll wants to be your daughter and a lot of that it plays into this area of like mia rose childbirth like parenting and it's it's interesting so weird yeah, uh, yeah it's so it's a such a cool combobulated section that plays to like their their history to uh mia and, and yeah. ethan and it does a really great like order of operations puzzle which mm-hmm. seven does a lot of and i i loved it i love this kind of mannequin that you had to tear apart and then every time you came back to the room something changed about it mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really neat yeah i really like it i i will say on repeat playthroughs it's like it's only really super scary the first time and then the rest is like okay now you're kind of playing with the invisible borders but mm-hmm. that argument can be made about part seven too where i can fucking trick the shit out of jack by the way oh I yeah can, i could like like he he can walk through a door and as long as you hide behind the door for like a second you could just walk right past him and go where are you god yeah. damn it and it's like it's so easy right yeah but, you have to know how to like kind of yoik the uh yeah invisible triggers but, but- it's that's a part of the game that I wish that I can replay fresh again. Mm-hmm. Like somebody just like erase, neuralizes it from my memory yeah. and I could just go back into it and be like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. It's so cool. That, that's really the same thing with the happy birthday segment from part seven for me that plays out like a saw puzzle room. Yeah. It's so cool. But you know, sure. It lessens over time, but looking down at the ground and seeing the bloody trail of the umbilical cord leading you down the hallway to the baby. So weird. It's still crazy every time. So. This is why people online are saying like, yo, you should probably just let capcom make a silent hill yeah i think they would there for a long time i thought that they didn't have the chops for it because Mm -hmm. it's not their design theory i I, i'm this is me being like really critical about something i love because i was just like no they do action horror that like that's their thing they do camp but then i see this section i'm just like y'all sons of bitches might actually be able to do it yeah i think there (laughs) there was an era of capcom where people were probably screaming for it where it didn't 
fit them i think like around the time resident Evil 6 came out capcom was and then not be able to make one, then yeah. the pt demo hit and people were like oh my god this is great and then it got canceled and they're like let capcom do it and it's like they weren't there yet i don't think it's hmm. when they hit seven i think they were ready for it and there, there were a lot of parallels too of like yeah. the, the midnight beginning hour demos and being like is this silent hills yeah like, what is this yeah a lot of people were just like well <laughs> wait a second because yeah. so they're like yeah we can do it too and i'm like well there's derivative and then there's effective. You do it effectively. So mm-hmm. that's why I think they should be able to. Or bring back Clock Tower or something like that. Oh, yeah. That's a good Just idea. Bring back something that's like, yeah, you can play with these weird fucking concepts without being in the confines of Chris needs to punch something by the uh, outro. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah, go ahead. But I'll say for as much as I love the section, the the ending part with the doll chase, like, I oh, it's stupid. didn't really care for it. Oh, it's stupid. Oh, that, that brings up another thing. Um, So the MacGuffins. There's multiple MacGuffins, which is you're chasing down flasks in this game to open up new areas. These flasks. Oh, yeah are apparently filled with your daughter's parts. Yeah, it's crystallized daughter parts. Uh, head, legs, torso. It's really a grotesque, like, yeah. concept. But, like, they, they don't, like, directly show you. Like, the flasks are these really bizarre, like, yellow like rectangular yellow. things that you <laughs> can't, like, light. see. Like, the piss jars. <laughs> well, he doesn't even know. Like, he looks at it and he's like, oh, I guess this is what I'm doing now. And then, yeah. like, when he kind of, like... I think it's when it's the Duke, the tells, Duke him. tells him, because the Duke is, like, this fucking narrative pipeline for all the the stuff that needs to happen in the game, which I yeah. don't really love. And who is also the merchant serving yeah. the, the place of the merchant from part four, which, mm-hmm. um... A lot of people really love the Duke, Daniel. I know. I'm okay on the Duke. I'm just okay. Like he's fine. I don't. I don't hate him. I don't love him. They think he's funny. He's so quippy. Ha ha. They think no, him no, being no. in the game is like a, a stride for Capcom and body positivity. And I'm just like, I don't know. You made like a really, really gross gout fat person, and I think it's more of like a right. comicalization of. <laughs> that's my thing right like it's not like it's just like oh he's a large dude like or like a character like ellie from borderlands 2 where it's like yeah here's some body positivity happening here Mm -hmm. this one's like no we made him as gross as possible (laughs) he's just big old gross fat guy with a disgusting stomach and it's like yeah that's not body positivity that that's actually what makes me uncomfortable about the character Mm -hmm. where i'm just like "Mm, i feel like you could use a little more imagination for like a standout like merchant character that wasn't Mm -hmm. this that that that's my only my criticism on that I don't need to go much harder than that, you yeah. know? Like, I think it would have been... Because, like, he's a giant guy, too. And I was like, yeah, you could have just done a giant guy, and that would have been memorable and weird. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, why is there a fucking 11-foot-tall guy? Yeah. <laughs> like, just selling me shit, you know? We're, we'll talk probably more on the Duke later. Sure. But I do like him as kind of a seated character in this world, where you come across, like, journal entries, and they talk about the Duke being there and visiting and bringing mm-hmm. newspapers to, like, the Denisons, or, like, the fact that he, he checks into Lady D's castle. You know, like, I just, I like him as a living entity in this world. I just wish he was something else. But. Yeah, although he, he does kind of fuck with, like, the internal logic of the game, where it's like, mm. there's no way Lady D would be okay with this motherfucker selling you ammo and shit in yeah. her house. In her own house, like, you're selling the tools to her downfall. Her house, and I get it, like, the funny thing where the merchant teleported in the original game, Mm -hmm. um and that's what this guy basically does it's like oh you're in a new area and you suddenly how are you in this elevator (laughs) you have a whole shop in an elevator (laughs) granted it's all on you but sure (laughs) yeah although he has one line i I think ethan kind of asked him like so like what what are you and he's like i'm not even sure (laughs) i thought that was really cool (laughs) it was like okay i like the 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 intrigue and mystery you're adding here capcom that's nice i appreciate his callback line to to the re4 merchant yeah where he's like oh 
what are you buying? He's like, oh, that's something an old friend of mine used to say. <laughs> yeah, that's really great. me up. I thought that was pretty so, great, but, dude. Yeah, more on the Duke later. Back to the MacGuffin, the four crystal daughter parts. Here's my thing about the, the MacGuffin yeah. is that, and I think it would have been a cool way to set this up. You find a file later in the game about a villager that sees Mother Miranda with Rose and s- describes it as Rose suddenly becoming like this white crystalline thing, mm-hmm. not unlike what happened to Zoe in the end of Zoe DLC, mm-hmm. right? Which So that, that's something of the mold. Yeah, and not unlike a lot of the remains you find on mm-hmm. things you kill. Right, so like she's some sort of moldy thing. Rose is important for a big reason, mm-hmm. right? But um, I, apparently when she became a crystal, that's when Mother Miranda broke off the pieces of this, this uh, baby okay. and put it in the flask. And I was like... If you really wanted to, like, make me consider Mother Miranda a threat rather than, like, this kind of endgame, like, oh, uh, hi, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, show me that. Mm -hmm. There should have been a scene where it's, like, Ethan sees that happen. And, like, that would have actually set her up as a, like, wow, she is like a threat threat yeah yeah it's it's hard because like i feel like i and i hate that i'm gonna do this a lot in this episode comparing stuff to seven but i feel like sure. seven would have done it in a format of like here's a videotape of, of seeing a character <laughs> yeah. do a terrible thing right and you don't get that you get to hear about it or read about it in logs but i think it would be so much more powerful to see it happen i could see why they would shy away from it sure. like there's, there's that's it's, it's, a, it's a hard sell but like i mean she turns into a crystal so it wouldn't be as like fucking grizzly as yeah. like I'm, I'm tearing apart a baby like that's why i, I thought sure. it would be like a cool setup that doesn't go into like just obscene horror right mm. but you know what i'm actually trying to say root cause here is i wanted something to make me look at mother miranda and say oh wow you really are the top dog the head honcho of this fucking horror show you know we, we get there in hour eight but like i i wanted yeah. it way sooner <laughs> exactly exactly because like you you get when the initial pan shot of like all the lords and mother miranda in the background and then the lycan army are like kind of all imposing and standing over you're like okay yeah she's the the top dog but like it just, it doesn't feel like like she's the threat yet you mm-hmm. know and i wanted something sooner but for sure that that was my only thing about yeah. it now the other thing I want to say, lichens, mm-hmm. big part of it. I get it, classic universal mo- monster movie horror. It fits the Romanian kind of like setting. Mm-hmm. Um, but however, if you want me to feel like I'm in Romania, you should probably give people Romanian accents. <laughs> just gonna <laughs> say that, right? That's fair. Not whatever Heisenberg had. <laughs> yeah, apparently that was the intention, and they just dropped that in production. Like the the voice actor uh, for Elena mentioned that. Mm. It's like, yeah, we tried uh, accents. Maybe not all of them were good at it. So anyway. <laughs> The lichens themselves. My problem with the lichens is that they're too uh, tame. Like, it's not a very inspiring design. They're kind of bland. Really bland. I wanted Resident Evil's take on a lichen. And, like, we looked at concept art that they mm-hmm. give you in the game where, like, they show, like, just this meat, like, kind of a half-molded weird dog face coming mm-hmm. out of a dude. And I was like, yes, that's what the molded does. It doesn't make them hunky werewolf men. Yeah. <laughs> like, this doesn't make sense. Because the idea is that, like, Miranda's in the background implanting people with the cadeau to, like, yeah. kind of find the, the, the perfect host for her daughter, who she lost during the Spanish flu, like, in the early 1900s. That was cute. Clementine touched Kevin's hand. Yeah, she did a little, <laughs> a little reach out. So that's kind of why you get a lot of these characters that are infected and weird and gross because like Mother Miranda's like, I'm going to use you as a host and we're going to see if you're the prime suspect. But yeah. a lot of the, the villagers, they failed. They just became fucking lichens. And it would have been cool to see like some of the instability in, in the villagers. Like, you know how like the Ganados, right, from 4 where it's like, oh yeah, right. I'm, a, I'm, I'm a zombie type guy, but like also this thing fucking burst out of my neck and it's got a scythe on it. Like, you know. Yeah, it felt very John Carpenter's the thing thing to do, right? And yeah. I was hoping something like that where it's like, what do these lichens actually become? Like, and 
it's nothing. They're all they all have Some the same parasite, big. and they all look like the same type of fucking yeah. Teen Wolf werewolf, and like it's just not exciting. And like they were. For for a series that like you throw zombies at you, sure, like zombies aren't like always exciting, but like they they make it an exciting thing, especially in the RPD and like how they're always living there. And mm-hmm. like if you don't kill a zombie completely, it's still in the room when you go back to it. And the werewolves are just like, yeah, you're just like fodder for my my guns, just fodder for guns. Yeah, yeah they don't they don't inspire or elicit much terror. I agree, and also like fighting them is yeah, it's easy you it's get, fine. You get like cool evolutions though. You get kind of like the I forget the name of it, like the Uria uh the guy with the hammer the guy with the hammer but then you get like the oh the hunched over one the the ones that are on um, all fours yeah the ones on all fours are actually really cool Mm -hmm. and i want more shit like that and instead they gave me hunky jort wearing boys (laughs) (laughs) and also like i one thing that bothers me is that we we've gone from like re2 where there's like a lot of enemy like um you can see degradation Mm -hmm. like your gunfire like tears apart zombies or arms fall off it's nasty Mm -hmm. and in this game it feels like i'm shooting him in the chest and there's like nothing happening Mm -hmm. basically there's no impact to it right you can blow off their heads which is very satisfying but it makes them feel like very video gamey enemies that are just like i have an entire stiff body and then like one damage zone that does any kind of yeah i would have loved to have been able to like take off one of their limbs yeah like see go fair like imagine like how like freak out yeah in seven how like the the molds that are on all fours like they jump at you like this thing's missing its leg but it's still like jumping and snarling and coming at you like we don't get that like weird shit yeah i think honestly (laughs) i I can't believe i'm saying this the molded are much better enemy types that's what i've been saying because a lot of people complain at how like samey they were yeah in part seven Mm -hmm. but like no molded were awesome there's probably like four or five types of molded and after a while it's like you always know what you're gonna get with them but i think they're so especially when you see it for the first time you're like what the fuck is that it's so cool and (laughs) unique and like this game we get werewolves and <laughs> i'm just like all yeah. right so that's that's my big problem with the game being like not being scary it's because like i as a 33 year old american man i'm not scared of werewolves sure i've seen you know american werewolf in here and there but like this movie's never scared me because like fucking werewolves aren't real you know like so it's just one of those things where it's like i i never felt tense around them i've more felt annoyed by the fact that i emptied an entire clip you know yeah that's that's the one thing i like and i think this is a big reason for why i prefer re7 which is i think southern gothic is scarier than like castle gothic or whatever Mm -hmm. was going on there like yeah it it could be really scary i think this game um for some reason it feels more (laughs) this is a weird thing to say it's more inviting than it is like Mm -hmm. you know oppressive or scary or anything where you really truly feel isolated and afraid in the baker estate right Mm -hmm. like i am trapped in here in village it's just like this village is my fucking oyster. I got a fucking uh, sniper rifle. I'm running around. These hunky boys drop ammo <laughs> and like gold and shit like that. That it's it's it, it kind of again it ups the action factor absolutely, but it does hurt the horror to make that happen, right? Mm-hmm. To make the game more playable, you got to hurt the horror. I get where you can go with that and be like, that's what we have to do. But like, I feel like Resident Evil Two already taught us that you can have both. Yeah, you can have your cake and eat it too. They fucking managed it, right? So, mm-hmm. and that, that's one criticism. I have. That even with its action, maintained feeling like a survival horror game, and this doesn't mm-hmm. do that because if every enemy drops ingredients to make health or ammo or <laughs> yeah. ingredients to make ammo it's like well you, you may be super equipped to handle anything so like right. you know i wish that's one thing too don't let the enemies drop items you know but i get it like, like i need to find it in the environment yeah, and but stuff. there there are some areas where that probably would have been really difficult because there are like kind of like what do I, how do i want to call them like i guess 
You want to say biomes? Monster closets where it's like, oh, you're in an area and you're getting rushed by like fucking 10 to 20 enemies, right? And it's like, at that point, yeah, they want to make sure you feel like you can handle it. And that's totally fine. Oh, like the Heisenberg uh, fortress part. Yeah, Yeah. the kind the part leading up to it that feels like a a part right out of RE4. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Like Um, a one for one, right? Um, hmm? No, go ahead. Well, actually, I had a question for you. Um, How do you feel about the inventory change? Like going from Hmm. item boxes, Hmm. which is just pure Resident Evil for me. Going to the Resident Evil 4 style of, like, my inventory's always on me. It works. I mean, I really did like the the green item boxes in RE7 <coughs> and 2 and 3, right? And how, like, you have challenge modes based around that where it's like, oh, if you're playing it on this mode, item boxes are self-contained. You have to go mm-hmm. back to the original one if you want, like, those items back. And, like, it's fine having the Itachi, like master case of like you know items and equipment and doing like it was in four where it's like oh i'm doing tetris to make sure my ammo fits and all my guns are here Uh, i'm fine with it and i think they all of my health needs to be in one yeah exactly discreet location this is my health quadrant this is my fucking uh landmine (laughs) yo when i was streaming people were telling me like hey can you can you move the the shotgun like underneath this you're like no and i was like why like first i was like well why they're like i don't know it just looks better to me i'm like (laughs) okay yeah I love that what like this inventory touches on something like primordial for it, people. It speaks to people's obsessive <laughs> compulsive nature of having things a certain way. That's the Tetris effect, I, baby. Yeah, I liked it actually. I thought the yeah. kind of uh, have the inventory system on you worked, and obviously Ford did it first. And I don't know, I, I dug it. What did you think about it? I, I liked it. Yeah. I think I'll always miss them because item boxes is. Um, a direct output of having a game that's heavy on backtracking and exploration. Sure. Yeah. And this game does have backtracking, but like it. It's it's just not the same in a way because like you're you're constantly thinking about your inventory in addition to how you survive and I think that is survival horror in this game it's like well if it's constantly with me that's a quality of life change that pushes this into an action direction yeah. right and people are going to be mixed on that and I, I like the action in this game and I mm-hmm. think that suits that but uh, like if somebody were to ask me like well what Resident Evil game would you make next I'd be like I'd go back to what Seven was doing mm-hmm. like very easily right I love that this is zany this goes in directions and I love that they still find a way to ground all of their different elements mm-hmm. in like a consistent like Resident Evil logic right but um I think if you if I were to build a survival horror game that would be one of the hallmarks that needs to be there for me mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying yeah, yeah. I, I agree especially too because in a lot of cases you find those item boxes and save rooms and it's like a moment of salvation for you mm-hmm. of like oh cool i i left like a fucking healing like a first aid spray here that i know i need cool i'm gonna go and grab it and then fucking go back out when i feel prepared enough yeah and yeah. just kind of knowing that, that there's a threat waiting for you when you fucking burst out of a save room uh, but yeah having having the case on me and having like fucking years worth of ammo like, i just felt <laughs> powerful and that's yeah. like that's fine you made an action game so like, but at yeah. the same time it, it does suit the design of the fact that this this world is despite how like segmented it is in a lot of areas uh-huh. it's way bigger to explore yeah like it's way like oh man i gotta trek across like the fucking middle of the village to mm-hmm. like through the graveyard to the castle or going mm-hmm. through heisenberg's factory and shit like it's a big game so and it would be annoying to be like fuck i need to find an item box yeah that's I true that. and i mean there's like i was saying earlier there are kind of like find your own paths to explore you get on a boat and go find like kind of yeah. hidden little areas of like here's a treasure room, here's a fucking a barn where you fight a dude with a really big hammer. So I like love that. I love the optional fights in this game. I was like, I can't believe Resident Evil's doing this. Well, you're hiding enemies. <laughs> I didn't know that was optional too. And you're like, yeah, I didn't do that the first time. I'm like, wait, how yeah. did you not? I was like, I missed it. Yeah. Well, I guess like you have the option to go up the stairs to go towards like where Heisenberg is or go left. Yeah, I thought that I would have like I looked at it and I was like, I think these places are connected. The mill and what I'm seeing up here is connected, right? Mm-hmm. And I. 
I was fucking wrong. I ran straight to the end game yeah. by accident. So so for stuff like that, if you're doing yeah. kind of like more open worldy segmented exploration stuff, it's like you, you have to have stuff on you, I think. Yeah, yeah, Especially I Especially when there's no fast travel or it's, anything. It's like definitely that. a necessity of this type of game. Yeah. But like again, like I go back to like I prefer survival horror being about item management mm-hmm. in addition to like, oh, you know, great. the other moments. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean I like with with that inventory system just like the cleanness of how item combinations and like the crafting system is like oh it's that's really nice that's one of my favorite carryovers from like seven and then like two it's just like they keep refining it and making it better and better yeah fucking net. like actually um the the crafting menu itself the ui like broke my brain for about like a good 30 seconds before i was like oh this makes sense because i was like well wait what a fucking okay so i've got four herbs i think but i have no chem pa- okay you know because it's all like lined up in a strange way mm-hmm. um but otherwise yeah you just when you get used to it it's a fucking cinch i love it actually mm-hmm. um yeah so the, the one part that we aren't talking about too much would be the Moreau part. Yeah, so areas three, four, and then this is kind of all like comprised of what's like the second act, basically, yeah. like going off finding the four lords. The Moreau stuff, I'll ask you, like, what's something you really liked about it? What's something that didn't work for you? That's a good way to frame yeah. it. Um, <laughs> I really liked. I really liked the feeling of the little hamlet area. I like that it 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 felt like. Things have happened in this village long before I ever got to here. Like, this place is flooded. It has a dam. Mm-hmm. You know, they're... Like, what happened here? Like, what, to the society over time? Because mm-hmm. they were, it wasn't lichens, like, you know, every day, right? No. Lichens all the time is a different script I'm working on, but... <laughs> <laughs> I like that idea. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, but, um... So, like, it was cool to see this sunken area. And he's, like, lording over it. And it's sad. It's sad because he is the least respected of the lords. And they gave him in an area that's befitting of how little they think of him. Mm-hmm. Which is a sunken, decrepit piece of shit. Yeah, Lady Miranda does not think highly of of Moreau and it's sad because like Moreau wants to be the chosen one like they're all like kind of vying for Miranda's attention in like this quest to like kind of get Ethan and Rose and like it's it's just sad to see like it's a despicable creature and he's the one character where you actually visibly see the Cadeau parasite go wrong because he's always deformed yes yeah yeah he's always deformed um what I don't like about the area is probably the boss fight with him is not mm. very inspiring for me you know like when he spews acid into the the sky and then it rains down on you <laughs> the first time that you have that you figure out that you got to get in underneath an awning to not get acid rain on you it's like it's cool it's like oh wow it's a it's a neat effect it's like in your face he's screaming and shit mm. but he's he be he's added to a long list of resident evil villains are essentially that are big animal monster with a man living in its mouth <laughs> and it felt very re5 in that sense remember you fight a fucking whale with yep. like a, a goddamn cocaine addict on the inside of his mouth <laughs> yeah, you know. oh my fucking god you're right <laughs> fucking hate like it's stupid right but you could say the same about like lady d turning into that kind of like flying fucking wyvern like beast where it's yes. like she emerges out of the top of it yes but i've never fought a dragon in resident that's, evil that's fair that's so fair. that was really yeah. fucking cool actually right. that was the closest to a dark souls design i've seen in this game Actually, no, 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 no. I'm right. Yeah, wait, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we, we both Actually, lit up like a Christmas tree. <laughs> I mean, we're going to do this on the fly as we go through the podcast, too. It's going to be a this... podcast within the podcast. She's looking for, for Mia. She's looking for... Yeah, this cat's, like, trolling around, <laughs> like, the, the room, right? Are you okay? Do you want to... Oh. She's just exploring. Hi, everybody. This is our producer, uh, Clementine the Cat. Yeah. 
by her blessing, we're going to do a podcast within a podcast where we rank the bosses of Resident Evil 8. And I think Lady D's fight is number one. I think Moreau at this point is number two. Oh, that's really good. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, you're, you're thinking, man. Okay, okay hang on. Mm-hmm. Lady, Lady, D, wait, wait, where's Lady D? Lady D's number one. As far as boss fights? So far. Okay. Yeah, as we go through, it's gotcha, like, we'll gotcha, rank gotcha. them as we go. I was about so, to Moreau's say. Number two. <laughs> okay. And Moreau's I guess you can two. consider there's some mid-tier boss fights to this point with like some werewolves, but, you know. Would you consider the baby a boss? <laughs> the one that you stab with scissors in the skull now oh oh no the actual no, no, baby that, the baby the baby uh no you sh- mm. no you don't fight it it could kill you yeah oh yeah and yeah. you have to like circumnavigate it <laughs> sliding down its baby gullet i'm gonna give it boss because there's no other like defined boss in that area uh, sure uh, yeah okay it's, it's not number two it's number two all right <laughs> I, I would already put it at, like number four. Nope. Oh, okay okay <laughs> all right we'll, we'll do it at number four they're fine so but yeah moreau's area it's like a mixed bag of like this is cool this is whatever i like the idea of like having to power up the windmills i like that the juice sluice as you call it the juice sluice where you gotta power up the the gate to kind of like unflood the area um and then uh, this is a weird area though this a weird portion of the area where you're ziplining they let ethan zipline a lot in this game yeah they have like this is funny because this is the same game where his right hand gets completely severed yep. and he reattaches it. I think putting weight on that hours after losing your hand, I wanted to see him lose his hand again. Like, like the hand keeps on going in the zip line, but he falls. <laughs> like, that would have been perfect. It's like this kind of campy moment. Fucking Benny Hill music starts playing in the background. Yeah, he's just like, oh, I didn't use enough fucking, like, health juice. <laughs> Some herb juice. So that that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um... Let me see. So, like, I guess we're leading up to the factory at this point. Mm-hmm. We're leading up to that. Um, I'm half and half on the factory. I don't think it's, like, the weakest endgame area in the series. Um, no. I think the boat's a bit worse, if we're just comparing RE7 and this. Mm-hmm. I, I like its placement, but I I found myself wishing, I was like, yeah, it's cool that, like, he's got this Frankenstein's army thing, and haha, that's a very deliberate reference, because the director of that film has claimed that Capcom has stolen yeah, a lot that, of designs That from, was a, uh, a tweet that kind of went out this week. Uh, it was, I forget who it was initially, but they added Richard Raphorst, who is the director and creator of Frankenstein's right. army, Frankenstein's army, and they're like, a lot of these designs look very similar. Propeller mm-hmm. head, like all these kind of sold out looking kind of like oh, yeah. monster creations. Propeller head is like the most egregious thing, but yeah. at the same time, it's like I, you have such a talented group of people working on this game. We've mm-hmm. seen the concept art of this game. They've got some cool fucking designs, yeah. right? Why would they need the steel from this guy is yeah. like the first question. And that's why I want to give them the benefit of the doubt. But I also wouldn't be completely surprised, you know, like mm-hmm. it's one of those things, but like I... Let, let's yeah. let's them sort that I shit mean, out it's it's a hard thing when a, a lot of what re7 and 8 does is on the nose horror homages mm. whether it's evil dead saw texas chainsaw massacre whatever there was literally a character in the concept art for re7 that was fucking leatherface that so, is true so like i'm not surprised that maybe somebody on the dev team saw it and was like oh that's cool yeah we're gonna yeah. do that we're gonna remix oh that fits what bit. we're doing with heisenberg yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um mm. i mean granted like heisenberg himself completely unique type of villain in that frankenstein vein but propeller head is the one where it's like yeah this is this is the one that you could say it might be like you know infringing on a uh, artist's rights here um yeah granted sure. he took his own arms so you know that's a detail that's missing from the original and i think that's just funny I think, yeah i think it's crazy <laughs> he took his own arms it's so, weird but the fact i hate that propeller head fight by the way i talk about i don't like that fight at all mm. like i it, it's just too tight and 
his weakness is like you don't have much opportunity to go after it it's i don't know it just doesn't feel that good to me yeah and you start off in a a room that's very small and then you have to make sure he crashes through the wall so you can open the room up Mm -hmm. um it's it's fine i don't know but he's a boss we'll consider him a boss yeah i'll consider him a boss all right i'll give him number four i give two things number four so (laughs) you think you think the baby is better than that Oh, you have to get back to me on that. <laughs> well, I, I actually like I didn't hate that fight at all. I thought it was as cool, and like it's one of those things mm-hmm. where like it chases you kind of throughout the level here and there. I was talking to the chasing. Yeah, I like being chased. I like being wanted in some way. Oh, you know what I'm especially if it's that thing. Yeah, he's a big fan of you. He's a big fan. Yeah, he's, a big fan. <laughs> he's a big fan. He's got it. Um, yeah. So the factory is like the last main area really and I, it came so fast where i'm like oh this is kind of it this is what is set up as kind of like the lab in any other game really right mm-hmm. of like okay cool here's all these creations that heisenberg is making um because he's trying to form an army to take down miranda because he actually doesn't like her very much he actually no. fucking hates her he hates, hates her it, he hates all because miranda views all of the lords as children yeah and he hates that shit mm-hmm. i i love that he's bothered by that he's just like no 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 yeah. i'm not your fucking kid so it's it's one of those things where he like he was building an army probably for her but then he's like now i want to turn it against her and he tries to recruit ethan and there's kind of this yeah. moment where it's like oh maybe ethan's gonna work with fucking this magneto man no <laughs> <laughs> no not at all because he's yeah. like yeah he's my daughter da, da, da. to be clear everyone keeps on talking about rose being super powerful and ethan's just like i uh, I, I had that girl that yesterday like she yeah, just she, popped out she's six months old i have yeah. no idea what this means yeah. like at all right like i would be the same way i was like what <laughs> this kid came out of an easy bake oven like i don't understand why she's so powerful <laughs> <laughs> like what are you guys talking about yeah. anyway but um some some things about the factory i think um i like its design overall it just gets a little convoluted like trying to like navigate around it and it makes you do circuitous like you know movements and then you have the whole like multiple floor things and it's like it it just feels like it goes out of its way to confuse you toward the end just because it was like we don't want you to get straight to the ending right away Mm. like it gets a little annoying it's the ship all over again it's the ship all over again it's another fucking ship god damn it Mm -hmm. capcom did it again (laughs) give us a goddamn ship dude yeah I, I got fucking turned around so many times in that area because I could never find the elevator either. I'm like, where is the elevator with the Duke in it? Like, oh, I know where I needed to go, but like, God, it's just... And then like they turn off the lights at a point, and I'm like, now I really don't that know where I'm at. even worse. <laughs> so, horrible. Yeah. I, I do like the idea that Heisenberg was um, experimenting on people, like using his power to create mm-hmm. an army. I just wish some of the designs were more inspiring than bald man with drill hands. Yeah, it's it's a lot of like, okay, here's like the the Delta models, here's the kind of betas, yeah. here's the alpha, here's the mega, you know, fan head. So he's doing to them what he did to himself basically, where what he implanted himself with like an electric organ. Yeah, no, he has like an electric organ yeah. or maybe Miranda stuck it up and or something like mm-hmm. that. But yeah, that's that that's our explanation. Okay. If you got the right organ, you're yeah. gonna be fucking throwing fans everywhere Mm -hmm. making lawnmowers out of anything yeah it gives them super like telekinetic electric energy yeah this this is what i like to call virus magic something (laughs) that occurs in resident evil which is like oh no no no, don't don't worry there's a scientific basis for the fact that this man can fly (laughs) it's like no no you just wanted to write a character that can fly and remember that you are also making a resident evil game so like like virus magic (laughs) like wesker is complete virus magic oh yeah there's a lot of other, uh, oh yeah, Sherry Birkin, virus magic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, indestructible girl, apparently. <laughs> Although I do like the idea that, like, oh, if these viruses actually jive with you enough, you get super regenerative powers, mm-hmm. which is a crux for uh, Ethan as well. Mm-hmm. But we won't get to that just yet, because mm-hmm. we also have one of the cooler fights yeah. uh, where you get the 
what would you describe that motherfucker as the thing that you ride it's kind of like a power loader with like a fucking chainsaw and a cannon right. on it and a gatling gun <laughs> like and you block with the chainsaw yeah. and you shoot with you got a rocket launcher as well yeah and you feel it going off with the with yeah. the adaptive triggers we're like holy shit like i feel round after round pumping out of this fucking gun yeah uh because heisenberg using his magneto powers turns into a gigantic battle bot that ba- yeah battle mech bot thing with flesh yeah it's weird <laughs> yeah fucking tetsuo the machine man over here <laughs> decides to take up a soccer field mm-hmm. and you fight him out there and your little uh your transformer of doom yeah <laughs> and it's a it's the wildest thing because the fight actually yes it does boil down to the prototypical resident evil shoot the glowy bits fight sure but i think it was actually pretty cool that's every fight in the game though and heisenberg delivers the greatest line in resident evil history when he realizes that chris redfield has destroyed his factory he says mm-hmm. i'm going to murder that boulder punching asshole it's, so good. it's such a good so like fucking self-aware game. callback to very meta to that fucking game re5 oh my god it's a lot of questions though why would he know that why would he know that story? Yeah, I don't know. Like, it's, <laughs> So this game does a thing where it's like we're really trying to tie it into the entire lineage and history of Resident Evil with the BSA, with fucking Spencer, with all this stuff, right? And it's like maybe, maybe the story is kind of like traveled around. Maybe it was something that came to the village via like the Duke, right? Maybe mm. he was out in like Africa or wherever and he heard about it. Who knows? It was the boulder punch heard round the world. Yeah, right. Everybody <laughs> heard it that night. Even the Lycans were like, mm. It's like the start of um, uh, Zack Schneider's uh, Justice League. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Where Superman does. Fucking Superman's death rattles heard around the world. That's what it's like when Chris punches a boulder. <laughs> like people like It'll... drop their Starbucks. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> it awakened ancient powers. It fucking startled the world. <laughs> Oh my God. We're gonna get aliens in this franchise soon because they they're hearing the boulder punching from like throughout the galaxy. It's gonna be the new marker. <laughs> so I like that fight a lot. I think that might be my at this point so far my mm-hmm. number one favorite fight because really yeah, in, the, in the whole game it's cool because like when you walk up to the factory kind of through the mill you see the front part of it and then when you burst out of like the side of heisenberg's factory you're fighting in that same area you initially came up on but like there's electrical towers and it's stormy and it's like really ambient and cool and you feel super powerful like in this fucking giant mech machine Mm -hmm. yeah i think it's really really cool granted it's like you know you're gonna win you know and then the moments where you're kind of like you get knocked out of it at a point and you have to use like whatever weapon you have and then there's a moment that's scripted where it's like, oh my god, I'm fucking, I'm flung in the air, I'm falling towards it. And it's like, you slip back into the mech and deliver like the final blow. Super scripted, but all really cool. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 top, man. Like, I for some reason, the over-the-top works way better here than I think it ever did for like four through six. Mm-hmm. Their version of the over-the-top like just didn't have whatever grounding that like just works here. Yeah. I, I, I can't put my finger on it, but I love the fact that it's like, yeah, that sounds ridiculous, but it was also really fucking cool. (laughs) That's one of those moments in the game where like, it just bends your logic and you're like, whatever, I don't fucking care. Like that's one of the moments where I'm like, yep, I'm along for this wild ride even more than I was like 20 minutes ago. Like let's keep ratcheting up and it keeps ratcheting from there. I think for sure. Yeah. I don't know. It it falls into the third act in a way that like is really hype for me. Yeah. So like, (laughs) let's, let's, this is total spoiler cast. So here's the thing. After you kill Heisenberg, Mm -hmm. mother Miranda shows up starts monologuing at ethan right mm. as looking, mia first right as mia first and then becomes her fucking regal crow feather creature self she's got like yeah. 
crow wings, yeah. which is really cool. But she's like this slender kind of like reaper like figure. Her like design is so cool, really cool. The clo- that is the absolute Dark Soulsian yeah. design out of the entire mm-hmm. game. I was like, this is inspiring, and she rips Ethan's fucking heart yep. out kills ethan winters yeah i like that she's like i'm not even gonna go for the hands i'm gonna go for the heart on this one right she's she's thinking she's the first one to think right it's like no 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 more extremities yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like this man's invincible for some reason right we need to go for the heart so ethan dies mm-hmm. and we switch over to chris redfield mournfully kind of recapping the events with his foxhound mm-hmm. squad and smoking a cigarette Mm -hmm. a reference to the fact that in the original resident evil the live action animatics with uh, the stars team Mm -hmm. he was seen smoking a cigarette i like that yeah it doesn't do it anywhere else in the series by the way Mm -hmm. does in that game i like this this moment i know it probably doesn't sit well with everybody who's played the game or long-term fans of the series but it's just like you get the the backdrop of of you get the lore bomb of like what happened with mia uh, the fact that like the Mia that got shot up wasn't actually Mia. It was oh it, yeah, yeah. I it was about that. Uh, Lady Miranda kind of imposing uh, as her just so they can steal the daughter because the daughter is at this point determined to be the perfect vessel, you know, for the mold for or the, the mold. cadeau or whatever's yeah. going on. Yeah, and we'll tell you why in a bit. And then you get this part that transitions into like you're the you're the alpha fucking dog. You got you're alpha. You're Chris now. You got this fucking machine. Yeah. Like uh, what is it? Assault rifle. Mm-hmm. You got his fucking. His, his super handgun pistol and he's got like an injector for herbs i love that like, where it's like he injects himself with like an umbrella herb yo chris is so jacked in this game mm-hmm. like he was jacked in five but like this is rock jacked i want to show you something real quick yeah is, is it him jacked it's, it, <laughs> oh my god please yeah. the, and this is not a visual podcast but i'm gonna have kevin describe this yeah the best i want to be as me. jacked as chris redfield is like a goal so <laughs> it's a version of chris is it a baby head on? As Lady D. And Oh, I've seen this. Yeah, he's wearing like her white outfit, but wow. his his fucking rock hard man boobs are sticking out like over a corset. Yeah, so he's so wearing get, a hat. <laughs> he's got the gloves on, his muscles are bulging through this like really tight, like tight uh top half thing he's, he's this belt's doing its hardest to try to keep this shit yeah. over his pecs he's got the black like, rose on too he's got the black rose he's got a, he's got the same hat that she has on it's a little smaller in his yeah. head so it makes him kind of look like a bloodborne hunter mm-hmm. but uh all sexed up he's yeah. he's, he's what, what do you call these these pectorals like front cake that's front cake that's front cake yeah. right okay that's, that's pound cake right gotcha there, that's, gonna... <laughs> <laughs> that's rock that's boulder pound cake yeah. by the uh, way yeah he he looks jacked in this game yeah it's crazy so you play as him and you the whole village is finally at night thank you capcom that's <laughs> all i wanted but now it's on fire mm-hmm. and there's a giant fucking molded scotella fucking extravaganza coming out of the village i love that like when you there's an area before you get to this thank you for mentioning too, where like you you could you have to find it because it's optional but you go into a cave and you it's like an earthquake happens and you find out that the mold that has been living underground it actually originated here probably for centuries yeah. maybe thousands of years like it's this super old thing yeah. it's it's it, that it's one of the cooler elements mm-hmm. it, that i've seen as like far as um the reason for the badness in resident evil right yeah. again that's actually not virus magic Mm-mm. for once yeah it's beautiful so so to get that moment as chris where you're overlooking the village and like there's fire and the fucking mold is like protruding and overtaking like lady d's castle it's really cool like yeah. it's such a cool moment it really is and then it's like it's it's um 
it very much is after it's like a reward his whole section's mm, a reward yeah. after suffering through numerous hand injuries <laughs> and running from whatever propeller headed motherfuckers yeah. you finally get to just kick some ass as chris redfield mm. blasting through werewolves rows of them popping heads clicking heads taking names <laughs> man that's what you're doing it reminds me of a uh, mia segment from from seven where you get that's the fucking right. like semi-automatic like machine rifle thing and you're fucking plowing down molds and you feel powerful it's great yeah and you fucking you get because everything with chris redfield is slightly reminiscent of call of duty you have like a, <laughs> a goddamn marker for a aerial drop yeah. and you're like you're, you're dropping it on this big molded fucking i don't know what we would call it like just like a tree of molded essentially yeah, coming out of the earth a growth and it leads to a cavern where you have a one-on-one goddamn fight with a giant werewolf man with a goddamn uh with a hammer. hammer right yeah. and then you're marking his ass too which it, it's a cool fight i just it, it's too tight in that room mm-hmm. to like like the first person doesn't work like i kept on thinking it was like this needs to be like a third person fight to yeah, like really like nail of. it right I, yeah. I forget the name of that that boss but you fight it twice you fight it erase 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 something like that use something yeah and you fight him first as ethan and kind of like a similar but bigger arena with columns oh we totally forgot to mention the the the, yeah the the invasion segment where like all these werewolves are riding horses chasing you and shit right yeah well no i mean even after that well, yeah, he shows up there, though, right? Yeah, he shows up there. Oh, you're right, the middle part. The what middle the part. fuck, the lead-up to Heisenberg yeah. shit. Yeah, fuck. Like, you go through the fort, and then you're in this area where he drops down on, like, a center pedestal, and you're fighting him and you know, random lichens. And so you get the second fight. And I think it's it's cool. I agree that it is, like, very tight. Very tight And quarters. you really have to hope that you have enough time to land that aerial strike, because, like, you put the reticle on him, you have this, like, green goggle vision, too, and you see the reticle fill up when it's ready to drop. So you have to hope you have enough time to mm. do it before he lands an attack on you. Uh, but that part's cool. And then Chris goes along on his way. Big he, old heart. Yeah, he finds Miranda's lab. That's right. It's cool. And why would Miranda have a lab, Kevin? That's weird. Why does Miranda have a lab? Yeah. Well, my God, Mother Miranda is actually some sort of scientist. Holy shit. And her whole... A scientist in Resident Evil? I, I know. No, no, no. I know. She crazy. even has machinations. It's crazy, dude. But yeah, it's very much an echo of what happens at the end of 7 where you just stumble upon some fucking lab mm. in the underground. And it explains what was going on. This room serves the same function where you're just like, you look at a bunch of pictures and you're like, there's pictures of Eve mm-hmm. from the first game. Yeah, there's pictures of Mia. There's pictures of like... Alan. <laughs> Alan yeah. from that. Yeah. And then you find out, um, well, Mother Miranda's whole thing is that she had a baby girl mm-hmm. who passed away and her whole life's mission has been to find a way to resurrect her. Mm-hmm. Like literally bring her back to life. Mm-hmm. And she thinks her best chance is by harnessing the mold known as Kado mm-hmm. to do so. But she needs a vessel for it. And we also find out, little connective lore tissue, is mm-hmm. that she had a protege. She had mm-hmm. a student by the name of Oswald E. Spencer, mm-hmm. meaning that this woman has been alive for a hundred years. Yeah, because the Spanish flu happened in like the early 1900s. They talk about Oh, that. Spanish flu killed the daughter? Yeah. I missed that. Yeah. So, that's so that's what that, happened? That's what killed the daughter. And then after that, she found the molded and started experimenting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, crazy. Okay, so I I actually really like the connection. So like, there's a letter from Spencer here talking about how, you know, I just think we have different visions. I actually found something. Um, it's a virus uh, derived from a flower called Progenitor. I found it in Africa. And I think I'm going to start a company that 
I named it after the symbol that's all over your village, yeah, which is the umbrella, the umbrella symbol yeah. is all over the fucking village. It's it's really cool. You see it on yeah. the the pedestal where you have to put the giant chalice after you collect all the pieces, um, and that that ceremonial site where like the four kind of like yeah. throne statue people are sitting, and it's right in the middle. And then another character talks about seeing it in a cave. He's like, I wonder if this has anything to do with the strange visitor that was here like a few months right. ago. Right, mentions the visitor. Yeah, so it's it's cool that like that's we get the origination of Umbrella from this area and the two schools of thought too that like Miranda wanted to use a virus to do one thing, but Spencer wanted to do something kind of opposite, and he didn't agree with what she wanted to do. Yeah, she's like, I don't want to control people like that. I don't want to do what you're trying to do, Miranda. Right. Yeah. He was actually looking for immortality. Yeah. Was his whole <laughs> shtick. And he thought the best way to do that was make a sexy sunglassed uh backflipping man. <laughs> He's like um Oh, forget. It. I forgot the character. Sunglassed. That's a new one. That's a <laughs> Sunglassed man. Sunglassed man with red eyes and a beautiful set of blonde hair. <laughs> but uh yeah, so it's a cool lore drop and then the the so here, can we can we t- can we take time to talk about the connections? Oh yeah, yeah. You want you want to like talk so, about this? So the, the thing about the lore drop too is like yeah. this area could have been served in a bigger setting, hmm. right? Like kind of like a lab type setting where it's like oh, it's one room, and then you get Mia, and then it moves on to the next section where it's like I feel like this is like this is important. This is important Resident Evil lore. Yeah, you know, <laughs> make it mean something here. Make it feel like, yeah. like the hive. Yeah, make it feel like the hive. Way. Or not the hive. It was, it was Nest in uh, RE2 remake, right? Yeah. Nest. Yeah, make it feel like that. Um, I Yeah, I agree. But like, so here's the thing. So Mia Winters, mm-hmm. she's one of my favorite characters mm-hmm. in, in these new games, right? And there's a lot of reason. Well, so <laughs> she is a double agent, mm-hmm. right? She was working for a criminal organization called The Connections, and she is a part of the inciting incident for all of this. Mm-hmm. All of this. She took a job because she was a she was muscle. First of all, it's the funniest thing. We see her as a mother in this, yeah. and then she's very like mostly helpless and like monstery in um, mm-hmm. RE7. But it's like no. Then you get this one portion in RE7 when you play as her, and she's very adept with a gun. And I'm just like, yo, she's better than Ethan at this shit. Yeah, it's like the Mia Power <laughs> Fantasy Hour. At yeah, that point. <laughs> yeah, it's really good actually. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? Um, so. She worked for this organization, and they're the ones that went to Mother Miranda and were like, hey, we can offer our resources and experiment with this mold shit, and they made Eve out of that. And mm-hmm. Eve was a failure, considered failure because the body just wasn't stable after what, like, she aged super fast, right? That's mm-hmm. how she ultimately dies. Kind of. You also stick her with some crazy shit at the end of... <laughs> you too. <laughs> and then she becomes a 100-foot statue, or whatever was happening. An old woman screaming at you in a wall. A wall. She became a wall at one point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's a very, like, distinct, like, um... So there's a couple types of boss fights in Resident Evil. And I like to call that fight an event fight. Yeah, for sure. And then this game had an event fight or two. Mm -hmm. But I love that it doesn't end on an event fight. Yeah, it ends on an actual boss fight. Yeah, which Um, is really rad. But yeah, we have another thing to jump into with that. I, I just, with the side branch of the connections is, I love that it actually does have a, god damn it, a connection to the lore <laughs> in that it was started by Oswald E. Spencer's right-hand man. He started that corporation, but mm. he didn't care about global domination or saturation. Mm-hmm. He cared about money. He just wanted to make money. He wanted to make money. He wanted to sell bioweapons, dog. That was his whole thing. Where was this? Was this in the, the lore that you bought? In the uh... yeah, the eighty-eight page uh, <laughs> Zoe Baker becomes a fucking gumshoe detective. By the way, <laughs> is 
the backstory there. I fucking love this. <laughs> it's Zoe's version of Disco Elysium yeah, so out there finding the real she story. Starts, she starts looking into the BSAA, into the connections and shit, and finds out the BSAA has gotten, like, fucking rotten. And then there was a mention that Chris, when you're playing as Chris, he's like, oh, BSAA is here? And they find out that, oh, the um, the people that they dropped into the, the war zone were actually bioweapons. They were zombie people. Yeah, what were they trying to do with that? Because, like, when they get on the <laughs> helicopter and they say, oh, BSAA is here, and they reveal the body, it's like, oh, this is a this is a zombie like yeah were they trying to take over the village they were trying to kill mother miranda as well oh, okay i'm not sure why i need to look that up but they also tried to kill eve so that's why i was trying to get at with the connections so the reason that mia was uh serving as a bodyguard for eve and made that video at the beginning of re7 saying i can't wait for this babysitting job to be done mm-hmm. like ethan doesn't know what she really does <laughs> but she literally was babysitting this fucking bioweapon of a little girl uh-huh. and the reason that they were escaping on a ship was because the bsaa tried to kill her but failed mm-hmm. so they're like we got to move her and then of course eve became unstable because a hurricane hit uh or like just a storm because mm-hmm. there's a hurricane yeah, later while on. they were shipping her yeah yeah and oh no it was the same hurricane because that was a hurricane that destroyed the farm too right yeah, yeah. it all connects <laughs> in the bayou anyway so it was their fault, and so their whole impetus was like, we need to go clean this up ourselves. And they started hiding the fact that it was basically their fault that Eve got out into the wild. Yeah, because they were, and they kind of failed. shifted it on to like the idea mm-hmm. that like it was the Bakers, and then there was the quote gas leak. It turned into a gas, yeah, yeah. sort of gas leak. But like, I love if you read the Zoe report, there is anecdotes like from like social media going like, what was that fucking like that that tar thing that mm-hmm. erupted out of the middle of the bayou? Like they saw Eve like become that's crazy. That. I know, I love this shit, dude. But you have to go hunt it down. It's not in the game. No, you <laughs> have to buy it. It's part of the DLC. For twelve ninety nine, doggy dog. So that that would have been cool stuff to know. Yeah. Because I think that's just such important world building stuff. Cause like the next thing we get is like the reveal of like Ethan, right? And it's like I think at this point, if you're gonna do lore drops, they need to be tight. Like don't do this doom contextual lore shit. Like just put it in front of me. <laughs> another another little uh, tidbit from that is that after the, they were retrieved, the winter zerisisis as all the files the <laughs> refer to them as, uh, when they were retrieved, they were put in the quarantine and interrogated individually. And Mia had had asked Chris specifically, "Did you tell Ethan about my past?" Mm-hmm. And he said no. Mm. they're like no oh it wasn't chris it was actually bsaa the bsaa were like well because of your cooperation we are uh we're not gonna tell him that interesting so ethan does not know that her connection to the connections wow i, I had a weird thought this entire time what does mm. ethan do for a living oh i actually know that answer oh, really? too. <laughs> he is an engineer oh okay <laughs> that's it so he's Isaac Clark. He, he his, his job title is specifically, and I this is from the interrogation report, by the way, mm-hmm. that I read. I'm really into Resident Evil lore. Um, is he is a systems engineer? Oh, so okay. I think that means so he works on software, yeah, and, like launching platforms and shit. Yeah, very white bread. Okay, yeah. Ethan Winters is the whitest man in existence. Have you seen? <laughs> I, no, you have seen the. So that somebody did like a face mock-up of him, and he looks like one of the. Um, what are they called? Hmm, a Bitcoin miner. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he looks like. Oh, I can't remember the name. Oh, sorry. He looks like one of the the McElroy brothers. Right, like super the lost white McElroy. Yeah. <laughs> Ethan McElroy. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So <clears throat> reveal. Uh, Ethan wakes up. There's nope, nope. What? One second. The jail. Mia Winters. 
Oh yeah, I mean, she's alive. She's alive. She's been alive this whole time. Apparently, Mother Miranda just like when when she did the whole "I'm gonna pretend to be you" thing, she just locked her away in um at one of her like experimental in that lab in that lab and the single room lab. And yeah, she like Chris is like like he does the cool thing where he's just like like pushes her away and like talks to his squad and goes like. What is the position of Mother Miranda right yeah. now? Thinking that she could still be like trying to yeah, trick him. That was cool. That was a nice never put touch. your guard down. Never, Chris. Actually, Chris don't fuck around. I like this moment a lot too because you get the moment where like it's it's either here in the helicopter at the end, but like oh, what happened to Ethan? Oh, he's dead. He's like I tried my hardest, and like you you feel like like Chris <laughs> is like kind of pathos and like regret in that moment that he didn't do more to save him. Yeah, it's, dude, it's really great. The I, voice actor they got for him is fucking amazing, yeah. and then the mocap for it where like you could see on his fucking grizzled face, he's like, ugh, mm-hmm. I'm hurting. <laughs> I, I like Chris a lot in this game. Yeah, I also think him and Mia are like shagging. Why fucking? Chris Cuckfield, he's out here. He's out here fucking cucking Ethan's wife. Now, hey, don't there, get me there's, wrong. We'll tell you more at the end, but don't get me wrong. I, I, I wouldn't put it past you that Chris Redfield's out there banging someone's wife. Yeah. Okay. Well, this version of Chris Redfield, Part Five's version, didn't know what sex was. No. So something happened between five <laughs> and, and eight, where like somebody taught him sex, and it's just like changes yeah, it was whole you. yeah it was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness goodness now she's too good for chris i'm yeah, sorry that's fair yeah chris chris needs like i don't know i'm gonna be disparaging he needs his version <laughs> of ada basically he needs his version of ada yeah. like somebody who can kick his ass yeah that was jill oh i think jill just knew better yeah right and also back in the day he didn't know what sex was so it's like i don't know you... <laughs> he's, got, he's got no parts he's, he's got this fucking pound cake chest but he's yeah. got no dick yeah, all the blood is, like, in his arms to sustain <laughs> those python python uh, punchers, you know what I'm saying? But, yeah, otherwise, no. Uh, but, yeah, it was a cool part because, like, Mia's, you know, going, like, hey, I've been stuck in here. She's been experimenting on me. What the fuck does that mean? I have no idea. Yeah, right? This part fucks me up because there's a point where, like, Chris reveals that Mia's alive, but Ethan doesn't ask Where's my wife, Chris? Like, he doesn't, like, there's no moment of, like, where is she then? Like, I, like, should she be concerned? Yeah, it was actually one of Chris's cronies that asked that over the thing, going, like, well, what happened to the real Mia then? Yeah. And then, like, somebody else was like, I doubt Mother Miranda had much use for her. Like, already was, like, dead. But, like, Chris is kind of involved. And, I mean, I won't call them friends with the Winters, but, like, he feels kind of responsible I, like he made sure that they were safe in yeah, europe and whisked away and stuff yeah mm-hmm. he put them up and it sounded like he was consistently in their life mm-hmm. chris was the uncle he's uncle rose's chris. uncle uncle wow. chris yeah you know what i'm saying so like you know <laughs> this is the first time that i feel like chris redfield had anything close to a personality like yeah. ever which is really cool which also uh last year Jill was finally given a personality that wasn't, I wear a beret <laughs> for the first time, which is really cool. So yeah. I like that. I like what they're doing with the old characters by saying, you know what? What if these were people? Mm-hmm. And then write them like that. Yeah, they're doing a great job with it. Like, yeah. I, I love, I think Jill Valentine in, in RE3 remake is like one of my favorite Resident Evil characters because like she's empowered. She has so much agency. She's so fucking torn from the events that had happened to she's her. She's angry. Yeah, she has PTSD. She's angry. Yeah. So like, there's so much complexity there. And, and Chris, like, like <laughs> you don't really get any meaningful moments with him in seven at all, but then you get like these snapshots with him in eight. And you're like, God damn, man! Like you've been through some shit. You're putting yourself on the line for the winter says. You know? Yeah, but yeah. He's he's Chris great. cares. Chris cares. Chris cares. But so fi- final kind of stretch here, right? Sure. Like uh, Ethan, he's oh, he's awake. Everybody just sleeps through getting their heart torn out. No big deal, you know. Yeah, he has this uh, this vision. Yeah, uh, and all oh, lo and behold, it's Eve, mm-hmm. Evelyn. 
Evelyn, the little is here. little girl from RE7. That she she drops a face wall. Yeah, <laughs> face wall, little girl. She drops a uh, knowledge bomb on our boy Ethan. Mm-hmm. Says, "Listen here, you systems engineer. Listen <laughs> here, you dumb data bitch." <laughs> Bet you didn't have data for what I'm about to tell you here. Yeah, dude. <laughs> fucking. <laughs> you might be the uh, subject matter expert, but uh, <laughs> here, here's something you don't, you know nothing of. So uh, you're a dead man. And he goes like, I, yeah, I know. I died. No. And she goes, no, 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 no. You've been dead for years. Yeah. And like, we get a reveal that Jack Baker killed Ethan Almost immediately when he did the welcome to the family, mm-hmm. apparently like he stepped on his neck and broke his neck or some shit. Yeah, like the first 30 minutes of RE7. Yeah, but what <laughs> had happened, and this is confusing, I'm still not clear, but Ethan became a molded. But he retained his memories and how he looks and didn't go fucking all baker on everyone. Yeah, I don't think that it's like how it was for like um, Bella, Cassandra, and Daniela, the, the daughters, right? Where like, yeah. they were people, then they became flies, right? Like, <laughs> I think he still maintained his humanity and agency. Cassandra's he, the other one. Cassandra, way. yeah. Did I not say that? Uh, you said Bella and Daniela. Oh, I thought I said it. Whatever. Bella's my favorite. Thank you for asking. Hmm. What do you like about her most? She's got blonde hair. She's got blonde hair. She really wants to feed on me, and I think she's really hot. She's got the best lines. Uh, they actually all have really great lines yeah. around him. And now with the reveal that Ethan's like a dead man, like the fact that like, um, they think he tastes delicious. Yeah. And Lady D's like, oh, kind of stale. Yeah. She takes a little sucky of the blood mm-hmm. and she makes this face like she drinks spoiled milk, which is like the mocap is amazing in this mm-hmm. game, by the way. Like Lady D's expressions are out of this world. I was like, what? Uh, but the, the, yeah, you're right. The, um, the daughters think he tastes good because flies typically feast on corpses. Yeah. It's like, I love these little like bench, like, or little, um, kind of like seeding the, the reveal, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Yeah. They do a lot of like really cool, like foreshadowing and stuff that you definitely don't catch at first. Cause you don't know, like even with the, the book off. in the beginning, hands off, right? <laughs> even in the beginning with the, the book of the village of shadows that really just is like foreshadowing, like here are the four Lords. Here's what happens to Ethan, yada, yada. Um, but here's I, a horse. Yeah. <laughs> which is who? Uh, Heisenberg. Heisenberg. Yeah, his Iron Horse Key. Yeah. Uh, I, but I think this reveal is, is I mean, it's an explain away, right? Of like, you know, why can Ethan lose so many hands and well, endure so much pain? But I like it. I love it. Yeah, because it's, it's one of those things where like, oh, it makes sense, right? He has regenerative tissues. He's he's part molded, right? <laughs> so. Yeah. He, so I love the fact that like, she, like, Evelyn even has a line saying, how do you think you're able to like take all that damage? Yeah. Like, it's true. It should be impossible that somebody reattaches their severed limbs using juice. Yeah. Severed limbs and part of a shirt with just first aid spray that he made 30 minutes prior. Yeah. Okay. So the molded <laughs> doesn't explain the jacket thing. Is, is no. the jacket molded as well? Yeah. Everything about him is, like, inorganic and organic all at once, yeah. Yeah, like, he's the proximity of a man. Like, the uh, approximation of a man. <laughs> the mold of a man. So, like, I love this. It's a character, like, honestly, the only character that they were willing into this franchise to absolutely beat up. And then also interweave, like, the virus. So, because, like, every time that somebody gets, like, infected, like, mm-hmm. Leon in RE4 gets infected with the Plagueis thing. Mm-hmm. Virus, I guess, at that point. Or Parasite, I should say. Um, there's like a resolution where it's like, oh, we lasered it out of you. Or it's yeah. like they, or we found a counter virus yeah. solution. It's a franchise that feels like it's afraid to absolutely wrap up their characters, save the exception of uh, disappearing Jill Valentine, only mm-hmm. to experiment on her for months on end and bleach her hair, uh, which is the <laughs> so real crime. Weird. Yeah, it's so weird. I'll, I'll say that's the exception right there. Where I was like, that's all fucking weird. Why'd mm-hmm. you do that? But usually they don't do things like this to the characters. Yeah. That's why I was like, all right, 
mad respect. One, you did the fake out death with him, which was like, how do you explain away the heart rip? Mm, yeah. <laughs> like, I killed the hallucination lady. What's going on, right? And the thing is, like, you knew he was going to come back. Because yeah. you're like, well, I still have to... There's still, yeah. like, a finale here. Exactly. I was like, what the fuck? Like, you took me for a loop on that one. But, yeah. um... I like that situation, too, where, like, he comes to... He has the, like, hallucination with, with Eve. And then he wakes up in the back of, like, the Duke's caravan and he's like what happened oh you died and but you came back and he's like well i gotta stop mother miranda right and and he's like well i wouldn't have thought anything else so i'm I'm taking you to her (laughs) like so my here's my question did you get a read on why the duke is helping ethan i have no idea me neither there's nothing in the game that clues me into like he has some sort of like hidden agenda at all like he never says anything bad about anyone he's always like kind of bemute or just amused by everything mm-hmm. that's going on <laughs> it's weird yeah what's his stake in this world and and seeing ethan succeed yeah it's obviously like you have interplay with the lords but also you're helping ethan find his daughter and take down miranda i don't know there's something there i know yeah, like, I, I just want the he, answer he's not your normal merchant you no. know no not at all well, watch he takes off the fucking skin suit and it's ada oh my <laughs> god well she was cut from the game yeah oh the my plague god dr ada that was such a cool design we were looking at concept art from rea and there's a, a version of ada where she looks like a fucking hunter from bloodborne but she's a plague doctor god it's so cool she's yeah. like a fucking is, does she have a crossbow she sure does oh my god that's so an cool. iconic ada thing it's so cool yeah i wish that would have been a thing or a segment in the game because like she fits in that setting so. yeah like they made they reinvented her to kind of fit for it but yeah, yeah i guess they just didn't want to mm-hmm. do it they said there's just too much shit going on in the game and i agree there mm-hmm. was <laughs> so this is one of those things the the reveal of him being a molded where like a lot of moments in the game made me kind of roll my eyes at a point mm. where it's like resident evil 7 right he loses his leg if you if jack catches him he loses his hand right when mia takes it off crazy moments right but he doesn't really endure crazy like torture porn damage after that and this game felt so bent on just doing it over and over and over and really just fucking dragging yep. Ethan through the mud that I just kind of rolled my eyes at a point. But when this happened, I could have been like, oh, this fucking sucks. But I was like, no, I'm, okay. I'm cool with this. It made me so okay because like, like... I'm okay with this decision. Every time, every time something like... I was fucking mauled by a werewolf. Yep. <laughs> like by like literally American werewolf from London werewolf was eating my belly and legs yep. <laughs> and i got up and was like all right you son of a bitch so i was like this doesn't make sense i was like Wait, what is he the yeah. invincible man and it turns out oh my god no he's the molded man that's why i was like all right i'll give it to you resident evil i'll give it to you i like that a lot so of course we get to a final conflict mm. with mother miranda in what is what i consider to be my favorite fight in the game because it's a legitimate fight it's not an event fight mm-hmm. by the way there's no shooting a wall and and forcing an invisible trigger mm-hmm. you have to avoid her you have to shoot her and you all have to defend against her and block. then also she morphs into all sorts of shit during yeah. this fight interchangeably it's, and it's really rad it's a spectacle fight because like she's transforming and it's so elegant like wow, she goes from like yeah. spider to the reaper it's like this fucking crow looking thing and the setting for the fight's really cool too because it's like the burial site with the four lords where the you put the giant chalice but it's overtaken by mold it's like this fucking yeah. like closed in arena now and like it's it's cool I th- it's like you were kind of saying before it's like a boss fight from dark souls in terms of like just villain and, and enemy design mm-hmm. um i thought the fight itself otherwise like was was okay like i didn't think mm. it was like super challenging i think i died like three times there just because like i got caught and like that happened whatever uh, but a lot of it is just like okay shoot her a bunch shoot her fucking golden orbs <laughs> you know and yeah and have this kind of scripted last shot at her but i still really enjoyed it i think it's it's my second favorite fight was your first the heisenberg okay gotcha, fight, gotcha which is just like it's 
you know, it's just a whatever fight, right? But I think yeah. it's just a fun spectacle. And, like, these are cool spectacle fights for me. That Yeah, that's the thing. I Well, I, I like this fight more because of the level of engagement yeah, expected sure. from you. Where I was just like, oh, I actually have to use the mechanics of the this action horror game to beat this action horror boss, yeah, which is really exactly. Neat. And, again, like we said, the design is so Dark Souls and Regal. It's just, like, it's so different than what we've seen in Resident Evil before, mm-hmm. which is what I really like. There's, like, something very ancient and regal about this design uh-huh. this wraith of a woman coming at you that's different than like squid monsters i like it because i guess at this point she could be considered the oldest resident evil villain <laughs> if yeah. you look at like this chronology of where she started to work and everything she's been doing in the background for like a hundred years so yeah it feels like a very like like legacy fight even though yeah. you're like fighting her for the first time but like with that i would have liked to have fought her more like throughout the game mm-hmm. to get to this point to kind of see what her power is but i think it's also like a fine thing where it's like oh you get the full reveal of what she is like kind of in this last like 20 minute stretch it's, it's fine too yeah. but like for the most part like every other resident evil game is like yeah you're gonna fight the final boss a few times like you think of nemesis right in re3 where it's like you fight him a bunch until he becomes this giant fucking abomination. Right. Uh, same with fucking Tyrant, Birkin, right? But, I don't know. I, it's still a great fight. Yeah, I think so. I, but yeah, I agree. I wish she was, as a character, and as a, as a kind of antagonistic element in the game, I needed her seated more throughout. Mm-hmm. Just showing me, like, her murder somebody in a field for, like, a half a second at the beginning of the game. It's just whatever. Doesn't set her up as character. Yeah. Just like having characters constantly repeat Ethan Winter's name does not make him any more of a character. My, my, Ethan Winters. What do we have here? I like you. Yeah, they say his name a lot, and it's like, all right, I'm sure you you guys have known of him because Miranda's like, I want to chase this guy down and his daughter, but like, yeah. they treat him like he's a fucking celebrity. Like a legend or yeah. something. It's like, what? Yeah. Ethan is still a very non-character in this game. Sure, you gave him more lines and personality, and we, we got to hold his baby, you know, and kick a ball in, in his fucking uppers. I, w- I wish that there was home. an explanation where it's like, oh, the Zoe the Zoe report is a famous piece of literature online. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone knows yeah. the, Ethan, the Ethan Winters story. It went they, to all the major yeah. blog spots. Yeah, I mean, they, it, it could work because they technically had to change their names when they moved to Europe. That's one thing. But I only know that because of the Zoe report. Thank you, Zoe. Or did they change their names, too? Never said. Hmm. Never said. Eric and... Michelle Summers. <laughs> <laughs> They're hidden from society. <laughs> um, but yeah, we get to this ending where Ethan makes uh, some self-sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Chris comes on out with his big old python arms and he's like, Ethan, we got to get you back. Oh, Mia loves you. She's alive. Yeah. She's she so wants pretty. another baby. Give her more mold babies. She's so pretty. I don't <laughs> covet your wife. <laughs> <laughs> Don't cover your wife. No, I don't covet. Oh, you don't covet. I don't, I don't, that, that's not me. <laughs> and he's like, no, man. Like, his hand gets all, like, molded, faded. Because mm-hmm. I guess he's dying now. Because, yeah. like, a mold man can only mold for so long, yeah. I guess. It's, and his heart's still missing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's missing his heart, so that's fair. They, they didn't put that back in no. there? Okay, gotcha. Yeah, because Mother Miranda fucking squeezed it like a tangerine all over her face. <laughs> fucking fucking nuts. poured it all over her goddamn head. <laughs> and so and it's actually like again it's tropey but it works i think they actually they set it up well enough where it's like all right dude i'll give this to you ethan you get you get the fucking soldiers finale yeah this is a rare bird for uh resident evil games to just be like we're sacrificing this fucking main character i I like that it's ballsy (laughs) it lets us know like they're they want to kind of do something else maybe set up other characters and it's like 
it, it's also kind of sad and tragic because it's like the tragedy of ethan winters thank you like three and a half years man you have a family you have a wife mm-hmm. you barely got to know your daughter and you're sacrificing yourself yep. for her and that's that's great I, there's something on, on his on his gravestone that they write oh god what is it let me see here real quick. Indestructible. In, indestructible. <laughs> a mold of a man. Amazing. The mold of a man. <laughs> that, should, that should be what it says. <laughs> no, so on his, on his tombstone it says, a kind father and loving husband who put his family before him. And it's just like, yeah, he put himself before his family. He wanted to just see them be safe. Dot, dot, finally. dot. Hands off. <laughs> Hands off to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think it's a fitting end for him. The father story is over, sadly. Yeah, the father's story is over. So let's let you want to talk about that a little bit. The epilogue that we were slapped in the face with. Yeah, let's talk about it. All right. Well, actually, we we had a cool s- sequence in the helicopter where Chris comes back with Rosemary, mm-hmm. but not Ethan, and she's like, "What the fuck, Chris? This is not the deal, man. What's yeah. going on?" And he's like, "No, no, 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 no. He, I gave him a fucking trigger to a bomb. He wants to press yeah, it. This is his. <laughs> he said he wanted to do this. He wanted to play me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You we got to go fuck out of here, yeah. right? And then and then that's when we get the whole like." God damn it, what is this zombie BSA agent that we're mm. looking at? And he's like, we need to go to their HQ, right? And I'm like, is this a setup for DLC or a sequel? I'm not mm-hmm. sure. Are you setting up like RE5 remake? Like, because he said he's, like, he's going to go to Africa, right? Oh, is that what he, yeah, yeah. he's, okay. Because it's BSAA oh. Africa. Oh my God, really? Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Let's go back. Bring back Sheva then. Yeah. You can't do, you cannot do, you can't go back to Africa, dude, and not do Sheva. You have to. Actually, Capcom, you can't go back to Africa without seeming vaguely racist like you did in part five. <laughs> yeah, if you're going to do it, do it right this time. Yeah. Do, yeah. yeah good. 2009 was a different time for video games. But you but know I what I really want for DLC? Hmm. The Mia Winters DLC. Hmm. That's what I want, because she's so badass. She, she fucking, she kicked ass. And then she got her ass kicked for, like, a long time. But she survived. She got through that, depending on your choices. If you made the right choice, anyway, mm-hmm. in Part 7. Uh, <laughs> but um, I would love to see DLC where she's just like, you know what? I'm fucking mad as hell that my beautiful molded husband got got murdered. And I'm going to go track down this BSA who mm-hmm. had a hand in this bullshit. Or maybe go after the connections because ah. as a redemption arc for her. That'd be cool. Right? Her actually reconciling her past. Like, why would she ever join an organization like that? Mm-hmm. What, like, get, get, get me into Mia. She, we have... She has such a fascinating story. Right. We have a fascinating story <laughs> with this character that you can, like, play with a lot. And if you don't do it, it's a waste. Well, the waste is we spend two games on a fucking systems analyst when we can be talking about this really cool character. You know? <laughs> I'm sorry to all the systems analysts out there. So wait. I work with some great ones, but... So Mia, what's up? Covert agent. Okay. Yeah. And you, Ethan, what's up? I'm a systems engineer. <laughs> what? You're an engineer? You build stuff? <laughs> I build online yeah. stuff. Oh, I work for a startup. Gotcha. Who should be the main character? I wonder between the both of you. <laughs> like, what the fuck? I, but it gets to like, I get why they do it, right? They want him to serve as like an everyman character, which is fine. Which is why oh, they make him first person too. No, no, no. I think you mean to say any man. Oh. He can be any man. <laughs> he is the Springfield of characters. Okay. Springfield, Illinois, Wyoming. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Does not matter. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I'm with you that like. More Mia stuff would be cool because she's one of the coolest characters in Resident Evil. Yeah, for sure. Um, or even more like content that dives into like Chris's stuff. Maybe him. Maybe do a mission where he's protecting the Winters and they don't know it. Oh, what like like a prequel where mm-hmm. it's like Chris Redfield having cigarettes out in the woods and just like staring, going, "What a good family! I wish I had someone like me." <laughs> God, I wish I was. I wish I was her husband. <laughs> Could I be a husband? 
no well <laughs> the world needs me I actually i so yeah i want this dlc it's the 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 cuckold wife dlc where you play as chris you raise his daughter for 18 years however many years and you, you fuck me up. <laughs> what the fuck in first person <laughs> Yeah, this is what we need from yeah. Resident Evil. Dude. We like what's so funny is on everyone's going crazy about Lady Lady D, and mm-hmm. we're over here just like we need the cuckold DLC. <laughs> okay, so realistically, I think that is DLC that could work. Honestly, yeah. like much like they did for was it Chancy from RE Seven, who you play as a bunch Clancy. Clancy, close. What's, what's Chancy's a, a Pokemon, right? <laughs> Chancy can be a person's name. It doesn't matter. He's dead. Yeah. Although he was like almost in every DLC for yeah. no fucking reason. So that that Clancy DLC have somebody be like in Lady D's castle, maybe in the dungeon. You have like to work guy. your way out. Yeah, kind of, kind of like what they made it seem like the maiden demo was where it's like oh you're trapped down here oh yeah what was that yeah i need to go back and play that and be like what the fuck is this now that i have the context yeah. of the main game so do something like that where you play as maybe like uh like a woman or like somebody who was down there and was being experimented on i think there's right. like, you could show some really cool stuff there. go back to the castle yeah back to the castle yeah nice I I, like what it. else would you do for dlc though i don't know for dlc yeah. um if they were bold, I would actually. I, no, they're not bold. They're just going to recycle what they got. There's no way they're going to move away from the village. So I think you're right. They're, they're like, if they do do something, mm-hmm. it's going to be something very similar to that, right? But what I what would I want? I want to know that BSA arc. What the fuck mm. are we doing with that? Or is that really sequel fodder? <sighs> it might be. I don't know. Mm. Because the epilogue, we take a time skip, presumably. Yeah, we don't know how long it's been though. No, which is it, the thing. And there is a character we don't recognize wearing Ethan's beautiful, beautiful beige jacket. Mm-hmm. And his he ring. Gave it to her. Yeah. And gave it to the baby. Like, eh. Yeah, that was the thing where it's like, okay, he gave Rose to Chris and then he gave her his jacket. Wasn't he like rolling around in Moreau's swamp and like boogers and shit? It's a gross jacket. I'm sure they washed yeah. it. So you, you think they washed it? Yeah. Then they'll lose the sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> It's got that juice on there. The, the, the stitching juice. <laughs> the stitching juice. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so it is Rosemary grown up a little bit. I think she's teenage in this. She's riding mm-hmm. a uh, a bus. She's jealous that, you know, there's a familial situation on the bus. She mm-hmm. looks over and goes like, I want that. I miss my dad. <laughs> yeah, and then she visits uh, Ethan's grave on his birthday. She goes, mm-hmm. happy birthday. It doesn't say happy fucking birthday, <laughs> as in RE7, which would have been funnier. But... Uh, <laughs> And it's like, it's cool. It's like, all right, what are we setting up here? And then there's like a secret agent man who mm-hmm. like shows up in a in a vehicle there. I don't know why he didn't drive her to the graveyard. Yeah. And why she took a bus. Maybe she doesn't like being around the motherfucker. Maybe. I mean, it seems like this thing where she's she's living with, with Chris and company and like always being watched. Uh, right? Yeah. She's she being prob- constantly it's like, watched. Imagine if you're the president's daughter, right? And like, oh, I want to get away from secret fucking service. My date with, with the, the president's, president's daughter. daughter. Yeah. yeah. Different game. Different game. Different <laughs> yeah. game. We'll, we'll remake it soon. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like this dude makes cracks a joke going like, hey, they need you back at wherever the fuck. Doesn't matter. Uh, Evelyn. And he like, she freaks out and goes like, don't fucking call me. That'll yeah. fucking, I can do things that Chris doesn't even know about. I can burst your head or some shit, right? Yeah, that line's really cool. It's really cool, actually. Um, but, and then he's like, uh, okay oh calm down and then his earpiece goes like we have the shot and he's like no she's just a kid for god's sakes and it's like why would you antagonize her like a dickhead and then be like i'm gonna protect her (laughs) like what the fuck and then he says a weird line inside the car when they get in and he goes like you know you're just like your father and she goes yeah i know and i'm like how do you know 
How do you know? Have you lost your hands recently? And you're like, oh, that's a dad thing. What? <laughs> Maybe it's one of these things where, like, the molded, right? Because she is a molded baby. That's why she's special. Well, right? she's, a, she's a mold wad. Mold. <laughs> like, maybe it's one of those living organism things where it's like, because they're made of the same fucking, like, tissue mold strain, maybe they have shared memories or some shit. I don't know. Or maybe Mia, like, just told all these stories to her as she grew up. Right? Are you trying to tell me that she's a systems engineer? <laughs> <laughs> Technically? <laughs> So, yeah, and then, like, they drive down the road and we see a figure of a man walking towards the vehicle. Um, data miners and such have found out that that is a model of Ethan Winters walking down the road. I don't Where is this model? Why. Like, I, I've beat the game three times at this point. I've never seen a man walking down the road. You haven't seen the man walking no. down the road? Oh, I'll show you. There's a man walking down the fucking road. He's coming at the car. He's like, oh, I'm walking. Is he all the way in the distance? Yeah, he's okay, super in the distance. Sense. Yeah, he's, okay. yeah. I mean, you get a 4K TV, man, so you can see those little Ethan pixels. <laughs> We'll get you one pretty soon. For sure. Yeah. But, um, and I'm like, I don't know what that means. Is he a ghost dad in her head the entire time? Because, mm, like, because that's, like, useless if we get a sequel where, where he's, like, Master Chief's Cortana. Because mm-hmm. all he's going to be is, like, what the hell is that, Rose? Yeah. <laughs> like, in your ear, like, dad, stop. Yeah. It's like uh, Dexter Morgan's dad where he's always fucking, like, <laughs> around his shoulder. Oh, because doesn't he have, like, a flashback, like, every 12 seconds to yeah. his dad? He's got a ghost dad. Or he actually. Yeah. chills with him yeah his dad is always like kind of like mentoring him or being there as like a ghost figure as a ghost figure yeah. okay maybe i haven't watched enough uh dexter it's okay you're not missing much they're rebooting it but you know rebooting it yeah. better bring back ghost dad but the the thought that like she is now her own person she has powers like that makes me want a resident evil 9 fix them up situation with her as uh you know the protagonist me too but there's such a high potential with capcom because they've done this in the past sure they they love having their you know stinger teasers mm-hmm. and then they never do anything with it. I understand why in some instances, for instance, Resident Evil Six mm-hmm. had a stinger about Jake Wesker out there in the Middle East, like beating up BOWs, and, you, and like you can tell Capcom was like, people are gonna dig this game and they're gonna want a Jake sequel. And then people did not dig that game and didn't want a Jake sequel. <laughs> and then um, RE3 had a setup that I we still don't know what the fuck is going on with that. But I think this is going to be one of those things where they actually follow through with it. Do you think so? Because look at, like, they had a stinger at the end of 7, right, with not a Chris. And Chris Redfield ended up being in, like, the DLC in this game. Mm. Ended up being a big thing, right? And I think they're setting up something with, with Jill in, at the end of Remake 3 for, like, a, a bigger extension story in the universe. So, like, if they want to make a sequel to 8, it's going to have to be her. Like, it or if they play with different perspectives. My thing is, like, I wouldn't want it to be a first-person game anymore. Yeah. Which is weird. I would want it to be like a third person uh, Resident Evil game. So Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, that's my preferred style. Like, I, I'm fine with them. Like, we've talked about this ad nauseum. Like, yeah. I'm fine with the remakes being third person and then the mainline staying this, you know, first person grounded hard horror stuff. Yeah. But it would be nice to see, like, when are we going to when are we going to return back to third person? Like, just absolutely has to suit a character who has powers or some shit. Yeah, you know? I think to Mm-mm. do it as like a first person thing like and maybe maybe it is one of those things where it's like bioshock right where she, she's got like fucking plasma type abilities right and like mm. you do the left hand right hand thing and that could be cool but like i don't know i think at that point like the the first person was to get close to the horror to put you in the the, the shoes of ethan winters as the any man right but like you have so much more potential to make rose a character you know what i wanted so. like on jumping on that thought where you're like it could be like a bioshock thing where mm-hmm. she has like plasmid powers you could really play with some fucking body horror with it in Grounded the Resident Evil. 
you know, where it's like, okay, I can morph my fucking fingernails like Lady D mm-hmm. and like this, and like, like it's disgusting when it happens, basically, mm-hmm. like blood shoots out or something, but she regenerates like because she's, you know, the molded chosen one. Yeah. Um, it would be cool. And then maybe like, yeah, I got Heisenberg's fucking uh, magic organ. <laughs> I have electric so cool. power. Yeah, and right. Shit. Or like she just use it for like magnetism, right? Like mm-hmm. to solve puzzles and shit. This There's is a really weird Resident Evil zany, but I want <laughs> but I'm it. into it. I'm I really want into that it. idea. I want that sequel. I know Resident I know Capcom doesn't listen to our podcast, but like they should listen to this. They want to shut us down, yeah. but they don't listen to us. <laughs> I mean, oh, so our open letter about the brightness settings won't be listened to? No, not at all, sorry. All right, we're going to tweet it at them. Yeah. Uh, we definitely lost them at the first person Mia fucking simulator, so I w- Resident <laughs> Evil cockled. <laughs> They get the original guy back to do it, too. <laughs> yep. He's not doing much else. Uh, so living. I think he lives in the P&W, actually. <laughs> we should hang out. We should. <laughs> Can you say it again? What? what? Nothing. <laughs> so what, what What are our ending thoughts on this overall? Like, I, we, we, got, we really went into the story, which I really like. We did, we yeah. We gave it a story. kind of walkthrough. Um, I like the gameplay. I do. I, yeah. have, I have fun on my repeat visits. Like, the challenge runs are really, really fucking cool. Um, yeah. I didn't I love... think I was going to be able to speedrun it as quickly as I did. Me neither. Because, mm. <laughs> like, it's weird going from a game where it's, like, my first playthrough when I'm really, like, looking around and taking it in is, like, 10 hours yeah. down to I punish this game in two and a half. Mm-hmm. Like, that's crazy that the game can give you both of those experiences depending yeah. on like what you choose and do and of course you have a meta currency system for bonus unlocks like infinite ammo uh zany guns powerful guns explosive mm-hmm. guns and then a lightsaber at a certain yep. point and that's cool going back and trying to earn that and then also like you know uh use the the merchant's different currency system to mm-hmm. buy up like the customizables yeah. and shit yeah you buy customizables you craft recipes to mm-hmm. give yourself like permanent like defense and health boost which is really cool we didn't talk about that we did not talk about that so here, here's my thing a lot of people are, are kind of slamming on the game for being like you know 60 dollars and being only 10 hours so like oh it's so short for a game but it's like i don't know a 10 hour survival horror action type game that gives so much quality like through and through like it's a fucking top-notch well-made game from start to finish it's fucking seething with beautiful quality. game too seething with quality and they fucking nailed everything with it right but people are just like yeah 10 hours is too short that's like a 50 dollars game and it's like well there's so much fucking replay value with the stuff you're saying of doing the meta runs getting like the lightsaber maxing out my fucking ethan and getting all the unlocks doing all that stuff it's just like there there's like easily like anywhere from 50 to 100 hours of playtime with this yeah. game and not to mention mercenaries i put so. like 40 fucking hours into this game already yeah. dude and then the mercenaries yeah. which Okay, so I love that to return the mercenaries, two disappointments. We're going to mm. start with two disappointments sure. and get into the good. One disappointment, lack of multiplayer support. Second disappointment, mercenaries. Well, yeah, I get it, I get it, I get it. But when you bring up mercenaries, it's like, dude, I want to... I play with, like, Chelsea all the time in RE6 mercenaries to this fucking day. Capcom, if you give me another, like, mercenaries that style mm. and build it out some more, I'm telling you. Well, that's going to be bigger than Reverse or anything else. It's It's tricky because it's like you're dealing with, like... You're Ethan, right? You're the first person Ethan. But if they stepped away from that and started adding other characters, maybe say you play as like Chris and the Wolf Squad, right? Yeah. Um, or maybe they give that like kind of. I'm Bella and I use bug powers. I yeah, that. right. Go nuts. <laughs> <laughs> you have so much potential to open up for multiplayer at that point just sure. by adding other like characters. So. I think it's. I, I recognize it's just not designed for it. It's mm. first person is like not designed to. Even the animations aren't there with Ethan to like yeah. make that happen. I, I, I get it. But. 
when you use the mercenary's name, I have a craving, right? Mm-hmm. And then the second thing is that it's not as much mercenaries as it's closer to how raid mode yeah. functioned from Revelations 1 and 2, which is fine. I like those modes, but it, it does end up being kind of... Um, so instead of it being like waves of enemies coming toward you that you just kill, you have to like go hunt down a certain amount of enemies, like 30 or so, mm-hmm. on each different sections of the game. And some of them... like won't spawn until you walk on a very exact spot of the map Mm -hmm. which gets a little annoying whereas like i like the challenge of waves are coming at me and i just have to be like it's a skill check for me this one's more like um challenge mode stuff but Mm. i've pumped a lot of hours into it already Mm. like i'm having my fun with it but it's very difficult to get an s rank Mm. like very difficult and then much more difficult to get an ss rank which you need to get ss rank not for the trophy (laughs) but for the lightsaber unlock god damn it yeah that's a hard ask it gets super hard because most runs runs that i do i always lose combo because i'm like fuck there's no vampire to shoot mm-hmm. oh we didn't talk about the the vampire women uh that are in the basement of the castle mm-hmm. they're like the constant enemy and mercenaries by the way mm. like i think they use them more than the werewolves just because they're so slow and shit yeah they use those a bunch i think they yeah. use the harpies maybe like once or twice they use some of the soldats there's never been a first person game where it's fun to shoot flying things and this game remains to be uh the legacy of that (laughs) yeah i mean granted like they give you a sniper rifle from the get-go to to fight it which is nice so fucking hard to shoot them with the sniper rifle mercenaries (laughs) like it's stupid because they do this like skittering thing like it's so bad i'm gonna ask you what's what is so i i've maybe spent like one session with mercenaries i've probably i spent far less time with the game than you have honestly and i've definitely done my like I've done my three playthroughs and I'm having fun with it, right? But mercenaries, I'm just like, I haven't gotten to the meta yet. You have this meta, your mercenaries meta, of like only using the sniper rifle. All right, man. Yeah, here we so go. Here we talk, go. Talk to me about Thank this. Thank you, com <laughs> for this. Powerpicks.com. Every time I want to get a platinum, Powerpicks is right behind me, man. <laughs> okay. That's a free plug for y'all. Um, I, I just, I'm so appreciative of the level of detail in their guide so they basically said you need to switch your brain for mercenaries you can unlock a bunch of different guns like you can buy with the currency and it's like a roguelike where you're always reset whenever you like start again Mm -hmm. um you don't get the like there's no overall upgrade or unlock system so you have to start from ground zero have a handgun and then i can buy a shotgun or a sniper whatever here's what you need to do (laughs) buy the fucking sniper and just focus on upgrading the sniper and making sure that you don't upgrade the, um, like, be very sparing because depending on how many rounds there are, because it's split up into, like, uh, two to five areas for each round, depending on it, mm-hmm. for each um, level, you need to buy the, uh, what is it, the ammo capacity. But when you buy it, it actually recharges your ammo when you do it, too. Hmm. So you have to use it as another, like, conservation kind of thing. Sure. So don't even reload your gun at the end of these matches. But the reason that you need the sniper rifle is because it's typically a one-shot kill. All right? Especially when you get it to, like, the third power upgrade. Mm-hmm. And these enemies, because they spawn, like, in the distance and shit, and you're, like, fighting against the timer and the combo, like, tick down, you need a long-distance gun. Mm-hmm. And then you also get these cool, like, skill perks. Like, the little floating orbs will be in the environment. You break them, and then you get to choose between one of three different, like, skills. Like, for example, you can slow down enemies, or you can get a little health back on every kill, mm-hmm. or go for the straight-up damage ones that sure. are just, like, long range has more damage, uh, close range has more damage. So it's just always, do- like, three <clears throat> different tiers of, like, kind of boons that you could pick. There's always a damage, a health, or a weird environmental thing. Like, okay. my favorite, and the one that actually gets you to that S rank is 
combustible enemies. Oh. Sometimes there's an RNG chance for an enemy to explode, thus damaging everybody in the in the immediate area. Wow. Mostly, usually killing them if you get it. So get that one. Okay, yeah. noted. Yeah. So like, but you need that. That's that tactic only works for the first four. Uh, levels. Mm-hmm. The last four are duplicates of the first uh-huh. four, but way fucking harder. <laughs> and I think it only gives you a pistol in those. Okay. The first one I played was like, oh, you only get a pistol, fuck you. And I was like, oh my god. Yeah, it's still fun though. <laughs> hmm. I like it. I like it overall. I'm just like, my perfect mercenary suite is something closer to what RE6 was doing mixed with raid mode in that I want persistent unlocks so I can get sure. stronger and stronger and stronger. Makes sense. And a bunch of different characters. And I think you can release that as a standalone game, mm-hmm. honestly. Like, do something like Reverse. Be like, here's this re- like baked out title experience, but maybe free to begin with. And then there's things I could buy, maybe cosmetics and stuff. Maybe. You know? Do you think this is where, like, their DLC path for the game goes then? Because, like, I don't know that they've announced, like, that there is going to be DLC, like, down the line. But, like, I could see them continuing to support Mercenaries. I I don't know because it's a really comprehensive, as far as, like, how it uses the um, environments from the game, it covers every area. Hmm. So, every like, area, every enemy type. Yeah. And I guess you, you said that points you fight bosses with yeah them too, so. you fight lady or sorry mother miranda oh okay like damn and then you fight each of demistru demetrice demetrice's daughters <laughs> yeah you fight each of them like constantly mm-hmm. and it's always sad when you kill them because they're like no i don't want to die and i'm like you're too beautiful to die and then i get upset <laughs> <laughs> then i turn down. the game off and walk I, away i gotta turn it off i don't yeah. like hearing bella like that <laughs> but yeah i like it overall i think it's a nice little add-on for okay. the overall experience yeah mm. what else about this game daniel i don't know we, we talked a lot about it fucking this, this, it i think it's our longest review cast we've ever done for a, a the game. re7 one was two and a half hours no it wasn't really no not at all what was it that's like an hour and a half podcast that's weird yeah, it's a short one. <laughs> well this is a longer game daniel that's true that's true fucking two times as long we gotta do two times the podcast but it I, is like seven <laughs> i liked this game a lot. I think it's a great game. I, I didn't love it as much as everybody else did. I know like people are super taken to it, writing think pieces about it, doing all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, it's, it's great. It's fine. Like, I think, again, like a lot of, maybe it would have been different if Seven didn't come first, right? Because it set the bar so high yeah. in terms of its like <clears throat> momentum, its pacing, its wow moments. It's the way it does its like funhouse kind of villain monster moments is really unique and fresh. And I feel like this game tries to do the same type of pacing, but just falls flat. Mm-hmm. because they expand it in ways and it just you know it, it doesn't hit the same kind of like level of freshness for me but i like that they they tried to do different things right i like that they tried to have four distinct areas four distinct lords really built out this kind of meaty story gameplay experience um and it, it works for me because it all plays really well i think like mechanically it's so fucking sound um and i was a little weird about the shooting at first from the the village demo where i'm like ah shooting werewolves doesn't feel great and like still killing them doesn't feel great because they're weird like fucking bullet sponges but like using the guns upgrading them the level of play if i want to use like close combat stuff or use my infinite grenade launcher whatever right like i just like the way it feels like as a first person like survival horror game i think they they nailed the mechanical feel and that all really works for me and i just um i just like my horror to be like very like tight and reeled in right mm-hmm. this is kind of like they they tried to do like the 
the Dead Space 1 to Dead Space 2 expansion with it, right? Which mm. We're going to blow this game up a bit more. We're going to make it like more than just the single location experience. We're going right? to add all these characters. Yeah. yeah. And uh, like I respect the effort for sure. I just think a lot of it didn't land for me. And it's like when you have uneven pacing that like open world games fucking sh- struggle with us a bunch where it's like it's an 80 hour game. But man, the pacing really fucking goes. It dies out when you're fucking doing side quests for 40 hours. Mm-hmm. Right where it's like you have these kind of more open exploration moments where it gives a weird ebb and flow. And I don't think that's the worst part of it. I think just some of the, the cordon parts kill the pacing itself, but otherwise great game. I, mm. like it. I could highly recommend it. It's, it's not even like in my top three resident evils though. It's kind of the sad thing. Yeah. I actually agree with that statement. I, yeah. I, I really like what I was given here, but I don't think it's like um, hall of famer. Right. I think if you're going to give it between the two, RE7 is the one that's like, yep, this stands the test of fucking time forever. This Mm -hmm. one, I, I, it's weird. I don't think the game is super uneven. I want to be softer on it and be like, it's misshapen. (laughs) <laughs> you know, like, because I, I consistently had a good time. Mm-hmm. I don't think there was anything that really, really detracted from it. And like I said before, my biggest criticism is that I just wanted more of it from its different ideas. I wanted mm-hmm. to see things fleshed out a bit more. I never had a, an instance where I was just like, I wish this wasn't in this game. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't feel that way. Like, I, I wished for more from it mm-hmm. in each of its sections, right? Fair. Um, but I guess like the scope of that would be huge. Yeah. But at the same That'd time, be like a 15 like, hour game. Yeah. Yeah. But like, you know, holistically really good. But when you like take it in individually, like if I was just to pick up like one quadrant and go from start to finish, like remember the row part, I'd be mm-hmm. like, okay. You know, like I'd be like, okay. But overall as an experience, I'm like, hmm, yeah, it feels, I like it. I really do like it. Um, I'm thinking of like hmm. the way like two and three do it right. Where the remakes, I should say, where you, you start off in an area you have simple, simple enemies, you have your zombies, then you have your liquors, and then you have, like, crazy G monsters that you see along the way. And, like, that's almost really what I wanted with this game more so, was, like, an escalation of enemies that got crazier and crazier and really played into the locations. Because after a while, it all felt just kind of super, like, bland and samey, where it's like, oh, yeah, I'm fighting lichens, much like I was in the village, in this fucking, you know, throne room, as I am in this fucking, like, I don't even know, dungeon, mm-hmm. right? And it's just like, I wanted I wanted that level of intrigue from each enemy type I was encountering. It didn't give it to me, but the set pieces intri- intrigued me, right? right? Where I'm like, oh, this is cool. I wonder what's going to happen next. And it kept me, like, wanting to see what was going to keep happening. I never got bored with it, which sure. is a compliment to it, I think. Yeah, so. I think so. I think so. Yeah, definitely not a boring game. No, That's not, not something that I could I could say about this game. I don't. I was not bored throughout. I think um, maybe the beginning. Uh, it, it's weird. I'm, I'm of two minds of it. Like I like some of the slower setup, but I also just felt like it didn't pay off as much as like the the real game starts the moment that you get out of that burning village house, mm-hmm. and it's like everything kind of leading up to that. Just like eh, take it or leave it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Again, I like the absolute intro with the Mia surprise. Yeah. But when we're like plodding through the woods and then meeting these characters and having them scream and things snarl at you, it just feels like a little like, oh, okay. Well, we didn't really need this, did we? <laughs> you, you just kind of fucking murdered everybody. Yeah. Like, what could you, like, what would be different than like starting me closer to the village and just seeing somebody get like torn apart as I'm on my way elsewhere? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, maybe you have even... to find salvation in the castle. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, I'm being chased almost immediately. What's going on here? And then right. maybe then you get mm-hmm. some of the Four Lord stuff. But yeah, but like, mm-hmm. I, I like it. I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. I like what these two games have done for the series. And I like um, that people are finally, it feels like, uh, 
I mean, it's always been a blockbuster title. Sure. But I like that I feel like with each new release, there's more conversation about it because I feel like that's newer and newer fans mm-hmm. coming into the fold. And I really like to see that with this franchise because there was a time where it was like, you know, you had your interests, peak interests, like when the game would come out and then only like really your core fan base would stick with it. But now there's like still conversation and there's still art and there's still like, you know, dissecting this and that. And I'm like, that's cool. I, I think like seeing it. one of those things too where like the original games kind of had a barrier of entry with the tank controls and like mm. Resident Evil 7 2, 3, re- 2 and 3 remake and this are very accessible in terms of its controls I think um, and just kind of being like modern game design meets like old school philosophies and I think that really gels well with the players um, other than also being cool horror spectacles like these games are spectacles and like what they do um, and it's super impressive to see Capcom mm-hmm. like try and just go for out there stuff right yeah. and actually land a lot of it I remember one one uh, critical discussion that came about is why is Resident Evil the only AAA horror game anymore? Huh. That's a good question. Like, like what happened? Uh, the rest just died out. In fact, I believe that uh, PT or Silent Hills was sacrificed in a ritual like altar mm-hmm. in order for us to get a Resident Evil every year. That's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> like, because for a while there, it wasn't every year. <laughs> yeah. It definitely became this thing like when they decided to like re launch the series and do new things with these two for like yeah. forking passive re- like remakes and new entries it's it's interesting because like I, there were like triple a horror games otherwise right like i mm-hmm. think of like a game like until dawn like that's triple a horror that's yeah okay yeah. I, I can agree with that yeah, it's, it's a different type of game altogether obviously being like narrative laid in mm-hmm. and, and how the gameplay is too where it's more like uh yeah quick time eventy stuff but i guess there isn't like another franchise anymore like no. silent hills i mean there's rumors that it's that there's a new one coming up we talk about it on the save room almost every fucking week sure. some, somebody was like hey man they're opening up a new costco down the street we think they might announce silent hill <laughs> <laughs> like every single time it's like shut the fuck up just wait for it to happen please stop please stop faux predicting that yeah. it's going to show up at a show that it'll never show up at <laughs> I, I think e3 is a, a good a good bet for it this year you think so i feel like Something. we've been saying that for four years <laughs> but yeah we'll see We'll see if uh, the success of this inspires companies outside of Capcom to make that... Imitators. Yeah, because so far, horror beyond Resident Evil has been relegated to either the indie or double-A space. Yeah, indie double-A, doing that Outlast style first person, Mm -hmm. like like Alien Isolation even, uh, Phasmophobia, like stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, and that's kind of my thing. I, I get it because horror intrinsically has um comes from low budget productions Mm -hmm. comes from having that uh you know we have we do a lot with very little Mm -hmm. like i i get like that's probably like a replication of that market but it would still be interesting to see like um other people go for big ideas big quality experiences like this Mm -hmm. and still say um, we're not afraid to use a bit of horror and what we're doing right so i would want that without turning into a a big walking sim Basically. Sure, yeah. sure, sure. Not to be disparaging the Walking Sims. That's just a term. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. No, I hope this inspires like bigger companies to want to do the same thing because it's definitely mm-hmm. inspiring like lesser known like devs to do games like what was it Daymare 1984 1998 but it, <laughs> whatever but it definitely feels yeah. like it was from a bygone era <laughs> like a, a game that's like oh yeah we're obviously pulling from like you know our inspiration here and we're making a game that's very like budget like low budget. But, yeah. like, this is, like, I want more experiences like this. And, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm glad Capcom is is the king of it right now because they're, they're trailblazing. They're doing really cool stuff. And uh, they're finally making stories that, like, 
even though they're still out there, they're kind of grounded. You know, there there was a, 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 a <laughs> moment in time with four, five, and six where I'm like, these stories are too too fucking bananas. Yeah, they they did not uh, find the ground. Yeah, the ground was gone. I agree. Um, but I do love Resident Evil, and I love that so far the modern games just haven't haven't missed that much. Mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of like you know mixed feelings on RE3. Um, I wouldn't even consider that a miss. I think it was still like a good product nonetheless. Mm. So I like this new era that yeah. we're, we're in right like, now. Like I'm thinking back on RE3 and like some of its things that it did. And like, I just like, granted it was a short game that didn't live up to what two was, but like the moments were still great. Yeah. Like I still had a fun time with that game. Absolutely. And some of that I wanted from this too, but you know, different experiences altogether. So I like it. So where would you say this sits in your, in your game of the year bracket? Like, cause like, you know, we played a lot of cool games Money? so far this year. Yeah. You know, do you think it's like kind of like probably in the one or two spot? Hail and tall? One or two spot? Yeah. It's definitely swimming in the top three, but I haven't played that many new games this year, honestly. Um, What, like Returnal, this, uh, Persona 5 Strikers, yeah, which... Near. Near. Near's great. Yeah, Haven. But I don't think Haven tops Ari in any year. No, I guess this would be topsy so far. Okay. For me. Definitely for me. Um, That's cool. It's always tough because it's like, am I just being a fanboy is like the question. Or do I genuinely think Mm -hmm. that, you know, this is like a superior product this year. I think I want to, when the dust clears, we got a lot of year left. Yeah. Uh, When the dust clears and all the games come out, then I get get to take a look and be like, all right, the village actually like sustained with me. Yeah. I think that was a lot of my feeling when I was playing it where it's like, I didn't want to fanboy about the game either and like mm. gush about it. Like I was seeing people do and it's like, it's fine. Right. Like if, if, if it's gush worthy gush. Right. But I just like, I didn't want to be super fanboy and just like let a lot of my criticisms go. And I'm just like, yeah, if you have wonky parts, you have wonky parts. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I think it's like, it's going to be in a lot of people's talks this year and for good reason, you know, it's yeah. just like everything we said, you know, really great game design and just a great representation of like what modern survival horror mm-hmm. is. And it's fucking great. It is. It's, I think it's a great game. Yeah. I think it's a great game. It's certainly memorable. Yeah. It's <laughs> certainly memorable. That's one of these things where it's like, there's so many parts in this game where I'm just like, Oh, that stands out. And it's like, I'm still thinking about it like days later. Yeah. That's a mark of a good, like seven did that to me a lot. Seven did that a lot. Like seven was a game that like fucking stuck with me in the week after it. So we're like, yeah. I wanted to ravenously jump back into it and just play it again and again. Yeah. Whereas this one, I'm like, you know what? It's a 10 hour game. Maybe I don't want to jump right back into it just yet. Maybe I don't want to go through the fucking I'll Elena parts that are super slow and crash a goddamn pickup truck inside yeah. of a kitchen. What, what is this obsession with making Ethan drive? Uh, <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. I have no idea. He's terrible. At yeah. He's has, he has Leon's affliction. I think if if there were more moments too that didn't feel like scripted horror, I I think I would have latched onto it a bit more. But you know, they they I think they made that choice very deliberately. They did, yeah. and I wish they would dial back on it a bit more. Yeah. Like let the let the horror emerge from the situation rather than just like again taking the wheel away from me. That's that's one thing that I definitely definitely had in my mind when I was playing it. Mm-hmm. But the game is much more scripted toward the beginning than I think it's toward the latter half. At sure. least I felt great when we. After the castle gets spit back into the village, and I was like, okay, well, let me go where I think I should go next. Yeah. Like, I love those exploratory parts and stuff. And I was like, this is Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. Let me actually search your horror dome, <laughs> you know, instead of, like, taking me, whisking me through it. So, mm-hmm. that's good. Agreed. Okay. I think that's it, dude. I think that's it. We're almost at, wow, two hours and, and 40 minutes here. I don't know how. Were you double recording? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
But we had a lot to say, man. A we lot did. Of energy for it. Yeah. And now we're dead. Listen, we had to tell the father's story. The father's story is important. <laughs> it's it's a long story and it's important. <laughs> and we did it for Ethan because he, he would have done it for us. Right. So, but we thank you guys for listening to another Save Room Reviews. Uh, as we said earlier, you can find us on all these sound spaces. Sound so tired. Oh, it's 730. <laughs> I'm kind of hungry. But yeah, you can what find you us eat? over at soundcloud.com slash the Save Room Show itunes spotify stitcher where have you kind of find us over at twitch kevin over at twitch.tv slash the writer where he's been doing a lot of resident evil lately a lot of capcom games too uh do you, do you want me to do like the crazy like streamer plug for the writer and be like sure if you want to if you like resident evil if you like capcom if you like devil may cry every friday please 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 do yourself a service and check out twitch.tv slash the wow he's he's got that big gamer energy i don't like got it. a lot of energy yeah. and you can find me over at twitch.tv slash dungeons and daniels sometimes yesterday you could the returnal <laughs> the returnal of, of dungeons and daniels yeah, i played I returnal it. i thought it was a, a clever way to come back yeah i had fun with it i i natively streamed on ps5 and it it went away i couldn't use my ps4 camera yeah. like i thought i would be able to you need an adapter wow. and also so i did like a cameraless but with mic stream but it does the thing where it's like, cool, I had everything set up for outputs and broadcast sharing. And then you go live and I thought I was riffing and having a good time, but I was muted. I was fucking muted. Oh, no. Because you have to go through the broadcast nesting menus to enable your voice to be shared. And I'm just like, oh, my God. Oh, what? You're telling me PS5 has some convoluted UI? Yeah, this, it's, is the, it's, this is the first I've ever heard of It's them. more likely than you think. But it's more like, okay. <laughs> we had fun. It was a six-hour Returnal stream. I did I suck. one run, basically, the entire time. Yeah. It was pretty crazy. Like the, <laughs> the first run I did, I actually had to botch because I got stuck. I didn't die. I had to just restart the cycle. Mm. And then from there on, I made it through uh, five biomes. So it was pretty gotcha. crazy. I fought a boss, did some stuff. So it was cool. Thank you guys for hanging out on that. That was a lot of fun. Um, and then otherwise, you could find us uh, over... At, on Twitter at Save Room Show. All right, and that's the stuff, and that's another Resident Evil in the bed. Yeah, yeah. we got to give you. I'm gonna give you the hand here, Capcom. Uh-huh. Got to give it to you. Yeah, man, hands off. Hands off to you. I don't know any other hand puns. Um, thumbs up to you, Capcom. <laughs> gotta hand it to you. My fingers are in a werewolf's mouth. To you, Capcom. <laughs> I'm a little disappointed, I'll say this is kind of a final note here. You know what? how in Resident Evil 2 Remake, where Mr. X pursues you everywhere, yeah. right? And you could shoot off his hat? Yeah. I wanted to shoot off Lady D's hat. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, shooting her doesn't do anything. No, she doesn't. She, she kind of fixes it a little bit, but that's Does it. she fix her hand a little yeah, bit? Oh, that's bit. nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's glued on there, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Same stitching on Ethan's uh, sleeve. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't know what her hair looks like. No, I think that was part of the worry, too. Like, maybe she's like, got some serious widow's peak that they just didn't want to show widow's peak yeah wow do you think she had a husband she had to have had to have yeah. ate him she was also a very successful like winemaker she has her yes. own, like, a, like a winery yes. situation yeah, yeah, going yeah. on yeah whole legacy of winemakers apparently yeah. Yeah. i'd want a diner yeah oh wow oh, oh wow you got his blood red <laughs> oh you know uh-huh. it i let her suck me off what the what? fuck? Vampire, vampire. Oh, yeah. gotcha. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Once bitten, twice Capcom. There right. we go. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Have a good night. <laughs>